What is up, YouTube? Welcome in to another edition of Bucky and BK live on Texas Sports Unfiltered and on the free Texas Sports Unfiltered app. Today is Monday, November 13th, 20 and 23, and the Buck and I are with you until 10 o'clock this morning, talking plenty of Texas football as the Longhorns escape again, this time in Fort Worth. We'll talk about the significance of the Jonathan Brooks injury and what it means for the future of Texas football. We'll recap some of the biggest games from around the Big 12 and around the college football landscape. Plenty of Dallas Cowboys conversation, plenty of Houston Texans conversation, and of course, the news out of Aggieland. Jimbo Fisher, no longer the head coach of the Texas A&M fighting Aggies. All of that and more over the next couple of hours right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. What's going on, Buck? I'm doing well, BK. How about you? I know you had a busy weekend. How busy weekend. are you feeling this weekend? Oh, man, I'm a little sleep deprived. It's all right. It's supposed to be that way. You're young. You can you can get over that. Yeah, you can probably tell it in my voice. But, uh, no, nah, I had a great weekend. Had a bachelor party for a good buddy down in New Braunfels, we attended Worst Fest over the weekend. And was my, it the best fest or the worst fest? God, well, it was the best fest, but I feel the worst fest after <laughs> attending it. I mean, just the amount of degeneracy at that oh, place is second to none. But uh, no, nah, man, ton of fun for me. And uh, sounds like you had a pretty good weekend too. Yeah, yeah, it was nice. You know, I did. I it was just cool enough. You know. A little teeny bit of drizzle here and there, but other than that, it was it was good weather for me to to unload a big old truckload of dirt, which I've got to do another truckload of dirt today as I prepare my gardens for the spring, not the winter, but my spring gardens. Yes, so I've I got a lot of prep work to do before I start the plowing and everything else that I have to do to prepare that garden because I want to have I want to be self sufficient when it comes to vegetables from this point on. All vegetables. Yeah, any any kind of vegetable. I mean, including carrots, the whole works. Yeah, what are you growing out there? What's the plan for the spring? Spring is uh, to to do lettuce, uh, to do uh, obviously tomatoes, uh, cabbage, all that kind of stuff. All that kind of stuff that I can go and get at HEB. I'm going to get it right here at my own house from this point on. Once the spring comes, I think I can get that done. Mm. I've, I've I've been a you know I'm a lettuce rancher, but I've not been very good at tomatoes. I get a decent crop of tomatoes. And then it gets so hot here that it's over. It's just, it's over. You just can't do it. You have to do certain things. And I'm going to take some tips from the people about growing tomatoes and what I need to do. Hmm. I always harvest a nice group from one plant. But I, I mean, I see people that have, you know, cages of tomatoes all over the place. I don't know how they do it. And I know it has something to do with the root system and watering from the bottom up. You know what I'm saying? Not at all. I don't have a clue. <laughs> you don't have a clue, do you? <laughs> I'm going to keep going to HEV to buy that that's stuff. Right. Good, good morning to the soldiers at Fort Cabasas, Texas, the soldiers in the state of Texas, and all those that fight for us each and every day. Thank you so very much. I Hopefully your weekend, Veterans Weekend, was fantastic to those out there that have fought for this country and continue to fight for this country. We appreciate it. We appreciate it each and every day, and please be safe out there. Amen. Well said, as always, my friend. And, uh, yes, another shout-out to uh, our veterans, all those brave men and women who have served our country over the years, we are the land of the free because of the brave. So thank Absolutely. you to all of you and your families, Buck. I love how you always mention the families as well. Uh, military families do a lot of sacrificing as well for the betterment of our country. And uh, we are grateful to uh, to all of you. So 
Uh, hopefully, you took advantage of a free meal or something over the weekend. You Heck bet. yeah. Well, I, I know there are lots of handshakes out there. I, I, I got to see a couple of veterans say hello to them. And as I said, a handshake, whatever, you know, cup of coffee. I, I saw a sheriff yesterday. I wanted to, I tried to offer my, my monetary service to him, but he, he didn't accept it. I was going to buy him his breakfast taco. He said, dude, that's, that's cool. I just said, well, then be safe out there today. He appreciated it. You know, anytime you can get a chance to get a trooper, a cop, a nurse, you know, uh, a doctor or whatever, just, Hey, here's, here's a cup of coffee. Oh, a doctor. Those guys are making enough money. I ain't yeah, buying a doctor. Okay. Shit. That's okay. They deserve, they, they like for somebody else to offer them a cup of coffee. You know, you know what I would like? I would like a doctor in the seven figures they're bringing in to offer me a cup of coffee. You know what? You doc. You had that opportunity to go ahead and get that. You had that chance to get that degree. You chose otherwise. Look and look where you are now. Yeah. Doc. What a decision I made, huh? Yeah, yeah. You know, you could have been like my guy doing both Doc Trey, you know what I'm saying? Doing YouTube and being an unbelievable doctor that he is. Dude, I'd like to say I would have flunked out of medical school, but I wouldn't have even made it into medical school for me to flunk out. I would have had no shot. I'm not nearly smart enough for that, and I was nowhere close to willing to put in the work for something like that. Yeah, I've got a couple of guys that I coach in that are now – one is the orthopedic surgeon for the New York football giants. And like I said, you know, and there's Dr. Danny, of course, with Texas orthopedics, any of those guys that I coach, believe me, whether they're engineers or doctor, if they're engineers, I'm never crossing a bridge that they had anything to do with. And believe me, I would never let them do surgery. I had the one from the giants Camino bell say to me, Hey, listen, why don't you come up to New York, come to Jersey. I'll look at your back and we can make some decisions. I said, you think I'm going to let you, I know you. Do you think I'm really going to let you go into making an incision into near my spine? I'm like, no. I think I'll just limp around for the rest of my life, dude. Yep. No. I think I'd rather be dead than have some of my friends operate on oh, me. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine that? Oh, my gosh. No. No, I can't. I uh, hope all of you had a fantastic weekend as well. What a football weekend it was. So many headlines, so many storylines to discuss over these next couple of hours. And, of course, we'll be live on Texas Sports Unfiltered all day long until 5 o'clock this evening. So uh, I would say don't touch that dial, but that doesn't apply here. But, hey, don't go anywhere. If you're watching on no. YouTube, keep us pulled up. If you got the app open, keep us pulled up all day long. We'll start with the Longhorns, Buck. Texas wins again. And it kind of felt like deja vu for the Longhorns, right? Another purple team, another big first half lead, and another fourth quarter collapse, allowing the opponent to get back into the game. But once again, the Longhorns were able to find a way when it mattered most to make the plays to get the victory. This time in Fort Worth, Texas 29, TCU 26. Buck, your opening thoughts from what went down in Cowtown on Saturday night. Well, this this team continues to live on that tightrope. They really, really do. I mean, these 20-point leads should be 30-point leads or 40-point leads where they're cruising to victory, but they're finding a way to get kind of stagnant and, and take their foot off the gas and more most likely put it on the brakes. But more than anything, I think I was, I'm more surprised at the defense in the fourth quarter of that game where TCU, as I've said, pregame show or all week long, TCU believes if we just keep punching and we keep punching, eventually they'll start to roll over. And that defense against the run started to roll for the first time this season. I mean, they ran the ball. They had that, that one running back was just powering up inside and really kind of getting it done. 
And that, that brought them a little bit of toughness that they didn't have for three quarters. They really did. For three quarters, the TCU team, they hung in there, but they were getting their brains beat out. They couldn't run the ball. They had to throw, and they did have some success throwing, but they couldn't run the football. But in the fourth quarter, as to all TCU coaches keep telling their players, Texas will roll over. They rolled over. They just couldn't catch them. They really, yeah. they really did. And a, an incredible play by Jordan Whittington on an interception and to come back, get off the ground, get his ass off the ground, take off, and strips. That strip was huge. That was that was just a great play by a, a guy who really just wants it when he doesn't get it that much. And that that's what you have to do if you want to be a champion. Mm-hmm. Now the injury that happened in that game. There's there's ebb and flows, but you just can't continue to take twenty. Really, championship teams don't take a twenty point lead and let teams come back on them. And as I said, I don't know if the defense got worn out. I saw them make a lot of substitutions. I saw a lot of different guys in the game in the fourth quarter on that defensive line. I, I don't know if the, the first couple guys started to get tired. They may have. But when they started gut running them, I started getting nervous. I've seen that I've seen that kind of TCU running back hump it up inside PK like that before. But this guy was gouging them. This It was scary. This dude was into their secondary, into the linebacker level. But they, had, you know what? They had enough points to win the game. And that's what it's all about. That Texas was the one who got up by 20, wasn't TCU. TCU right. had to fight back, and Texas did not give in. You yeah. know, they did not give in. And uh, the in- injury to Jonathan Brooks, so sad. So sad for this football yeah. program that's on a roll. And on a Monday, they can say what they want. They don't have a back like this. And that this is going to be hard to – they may be able to me to get to a championship, but I don't know if they can win a championship without Jonathan Brooks. Well, yeah, Jonathan Brooks is a beast, and I don't know how many schools around college football have a running back like him. No. I mean, he's a top five running back in college football, and obviously was putting together a tremendous season, and hell, was putting together a tremendous game on Saturday before he went down with an injury. He had already gone over 100 yards, which was the sixth 100-yard game in the last eight for Jonathan Brooks. Of course, on the season, over 1,000 yards already. I mean, he's sixth in the country in rushing yards, sixth in the country in all-purpose yards here in 2023, and obviously the most consistent player on this Longhorn offense that's been a little up and down over the course of these first 10 games of the season. So that's a big loss, man. You feel for him. I mean, he's a guy who uh, was probably considering going off to the NFL after this season, and I guess technically he still could, but – you know, he, he's not going to be able to go through the pre-draft process coming off no. of a torn ACL. So uh, I, I guess a potential silver lining is Jonathan Brooks is probably coming back, but you obviously don't want it like this. You feel for no. the kid. That's a gruesome, gruesome injury, and it affects Texas this year. So, uh, yeah, yeah. C.J. Baxter's a solid running back. Jaden yeah. Blue has shown a, us a couple of things, but like you said, Buck, I mean, there's there's no other Jonathan Brooks on this team. There aren't very many other Jonathan Brookses in the country, so his loss will be felt for sure. He, uh, you know, for, for C.J. Baxter, you know, I, when I look at him run and I, I, I see him as a power runner with speed, but his elusiveness is not – he's not – he's still a freshman. He still hasn't got to that part yet, but he, and he may – I just believe he's going to be a big back. He's going to be able to do a little bit of everything, but he does not have it right now. He's going to have to try to find it in order for this football team to win a championship. And I mean, just from this point on, I mean, you can think that they can get by with, with a couple of these other running backs, but John, the Brooks was really a, a cut above. I mean, that the touchdown run, I mean, just the way he was handling himself in that game and dang it. If I didn't see, you know, when I saw him get twisted a little bit in the turn uh, when, when that injury happened, I didn't think much of it. I said, oh, no, I think he's hurt his ankle maybe. 
And, but then when I saw him crawling off the field, I'm like, no, that's not an ankle. That's not an yeah. ankle. We can't put any weight on his knee. He can't get up. He can't even stand up. And I'm like, no, but I, I never, I never expected to hear ACL. I really didn't. I thought ankle, high ankle sprain, but I never thought the knee. Yeah. Well, ACLs are usually non-contact, right? And yeah. that was a contact injury. Now we don't know exactly where the torn ACL had happened, right? It could have happened before the hit. It could have happened when Jonathan Brooks was getting rolled over on. It could have happened after all of that. I mean, we don't have an exact moment in time. Yeah, and, and I didn't think the kid happened. twisted his leg enough to no. tear his ACL. So it must have happened on the original cut when, as then the guy got him and still twisted it just a little bit more. But that wasn't like a violent twist of the leg by that by that kid. He just made a tackle and rolled once. He didn't roll and start twisting the leg like doing the gator roll with him. I thought, I thought, oh, that's an ankle. Maybe yeah. that ankle got twisted. I never thought it was an ACL, but boy, oh boy, when you saw him trying to crawl off the field, you knew. Then I started to think, nah, still high ankle sprain. Never thought the knee though. Yeah, they kept cutting over to the sideline yeah. on the telecast, and Brooks was limping a lot. You could tell he wasn't putting much, if any, weight on that leg. So, uh, yeah, the sense was uh, that it wasn't great. Obviously, you hoped that uh, it was something different, but unfortunately, it is a torn ACL for Jonathan Brooks, and his season is over. And uh, feel for the young man, once again, putting together a tremendous, tremendous season. Absolutely. One of the leaders on this team. And uh, it's a big loss for Texas to have to overcome over these final two weeks of the regular season. And obviously, whatever happens beyond that as well. This is an opportunity for somebody. It's an it's a opportunity that's there for, for Blue. Uh, it's definitely for C.J. Baxter. I mean, this is a group that thought C.J. Baxter was a better running back in the beginning of the season. Jonathan Brooks didn't start till the third game. And believe me, they didn't they – didn't, they, they only mentioned that about 20 times on the broadcast. Well, he didn't get to really start until the third game. And I'm thinking, that is true. The third game, they mm -hmm. finally thought that this guy was good enough to play, to be the starter there. Boy, they're going to miss him. And like I said, the other kid will have to grow up, and he'll have to do some different things. He can't just be a dead-ahead runner. You know, he's going to have to do – in order for them to win a championship, he's going to have to be special. Now he's had it – now he's got enough experience now. You know what I'm saying? That's I, – I don't know if he has it yet. I just – Maybe next year. I just I just don't know. I know he doesn't have it like the guy who is starting has it. Yeah, C.J. Baxter has gotten better over the course of his sure. freshman season, but he's not Jonathan Brooks right now. Like, C.J. Baxter, to me, is an average Power 5 running back at sure. this point in time, which, yes. okay, midway through the freshman year, not horrible. But, once again, Jonathan Brooks was one of the best running backs in the country. As our man C.B. says, uh, Mel Kuyper Jr. had Jonathan Brooks as his number one running back. Wow. in the NFL draft in 2024. So, yeah, for what uh, C.J. Baxter has been to Texas this year, uh, he ain't that. And Jaden no. Blue ain't that. Savion Red ain't that. So, no. uh, I, I yeah. think Blue is the guy now. Blue is the guy with the the combination of the 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 ability, the quickness. I don't. It's just the power with him. I mean, teams will load it up now. And, you know, for Quinn Ewers in this game, by the way, the quarterback, I thought he played okay. Uh, he had less strength than – I'm, I'm, you know, we went with Sark, and, and Sark said he can do all the things. Well, you could tell his arm strength wasn't quite all there. It just, it just wasn't yet. And, and that, that would really, to me, was to be expected. If you thought that guy was just going to fling it with all kinds of zip on it, then obviously you haven't been around the game enough or had an injury with an AC joint, you know, for, for three weeks. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, thought, he played, I thought he played well enough to, to get it done. And with the combination of what he was doing, the guys catching and running with the ball, and Jonathan Brooks, I thought that that should have been plenty. 
And, yep. you know, the defense very seldom falters like that against the run game. They just had one of those games. And TCU's kids, that, that's just their belief. Just keep punching, keep fighting. There's eventually a time that Texas will roll over. They just couldn't, they just couldn't catch up. There was just too many points they had gotten a hold with. Well, you know? Yeah. I mean, if Texas doesn't convert that third and 12 in the last couple of minutes of the game, then I think TCU probably gets the ball back and they probably either tie it or win it. I mean, they're, they're off. The Whittington play was huge. Yeah, well, that was early in the game. I mean, yeah, yes, it was, was huge. Yeah, when, you, was, when, you, when you win a game by three points, yeah, a play yeah. like that obviously is magnified. But, uh, no, this defense just completely fell apart in the fourth quarter. And, obviously, the offense didn't help, right? They weren't able to pick up a couple of first downs to bleed the clock a little bit more. But, my God, TCU got whatever it wanted. And you keep talking about the running game. And you're right, Amani Bailey had a very, very good day running the football uh, but he didn't even crack 100 yards. I, yeah, I think what he, do you know, 98 or something like that, 96. 98 yards, yeah. I mean, yeah. Josh Hoover, the quarterback, went for 302, and he had more than 200 of those yards in the second half. And I'm pulling up the defensive numbers right now for Texas. In the second half, it was bad. I mean, the last – TCU's last four possessions, Buck, they had 247 yards on 30 plays. That's 8.23 yards per play. Their last three touchdown drives took a total of five minutes and 37 seconds. That's awful. Like, this defense was great in the first half. They kept TCU out of the end zone. TCU only had a couple of field goals. Texas had an interception. I mean, the Longhorns had played incredibly well defensively for the first 30 minutes and the second half. Hell, TCU only had five offensive possessions in the second half. I told you what they did on the last four. Their first offensive possession of the second half they turned it over on downs. They got all the way to the goal line and turned it over on downs. Yes. So basically, TCU did not have a bad offensive drive in the second half of this game on Saturday. The Texas defense, they stopped getting pressure. They had bad communication again. They and, and like they, they made some substitutions. Region. And the substitutions, I, I wonder what happened to the big guys in the fourth quarter. I don't know if Sweat and those guys got tired, but they had new guys in. I'm looking at some of the guys they had in. I'm like, wait a minute. They haven't had this rotation in for this long a period of time. There's there tons of rotations in the fourth quarter. I don't know if they were just getting worn down because, as I said, I thought they ran the ball pretty hard against them in the fourth quarter. Maybe they were just getting tired and the coaches thought, we need some fresh bodies in. But, dude, you, Sweat doesn't have to – I mean, he can just be in – he can clog a hole up by but just being there. He doesn't need any penetration. Just that big body. He made plays with just his body alone. Where he didn't get penetration, BK, but when the, when the contact came against him with a running back – it just stopped right there. But yeah. I think he just I think he got worn down a little bit too. Maybe that's why the substitutions in the fourth quarter were there on the defensive line. Well, TCU's one of the fastest teams in college football. Uh, I think they're top 5 in the country in most plays run per game. Mm. So, I think a lot of that was, yeah, they were starting to get into a rhythm on offense. Uh, Kendall Bryles, the offensive coordinator up there was going up tempo. Yeah, and they had now. one wide receiver that was getting off too that had a a, a nice night too. I get worried when you use the term getting off after talking about the Bryles, you know, yeah, I'm uh, sorry. Yeah. yeah, come on with that deal. Uh, but yeah, no, they were going quick. So I think that's part of the reason why Texas was rotating a little bit. They were just trying to keep their guys fresh. Um, but yeah, I mean, and, and a lot of missed tackles too, like for, for the issues this defense has had this year. And I know there have been a couple of instances where the tackling hasn't been perfect. You think to the Oklahoma game in the last couple of drives up right. there in Dallas, but for the most part, this has been a pretty solid tackling team. That was not the case in the second half at all on Saturday. And Sark talked a lot about that in post game, how that was an issue. So, yeah, it's just, it's a total 180, man. It, it kind of takes a village 
to blow a 20-point lead. And we found out over the last couple of weeks that yes. you know, we talk about complimentary football in a good way. Well, Texas has been playing complimentary football in a bad way, right? The offense sputters, the defense stops tackling, and they blow assignments. And it's just sort of this whole uh, amalgamation of shit that happens that allows these teams back into the game. So I think as fans, we look annoying. at it and say, you know what? This 20-point lead should probably be in the 30s now. What, what, what is it that we're doing? We're going to get into the to the Wildcat and run that again on fourth down. We're going to try that again. Well, that's you know? that's been the best short yardage play. I know the last two weeks it hasn't been, but let's not forget how successful the Red Cat was. And there were Longhorn fans, myself included, clamoring for more of that just three weeks ago. So I've seen a lot of people say we should never run that shit again. It's like scroll back on your tweets. Guy, you said Texas needs to run that more recently. I mean, teams have figured it out. You've got to adapt. And it's like – it's weird here, Buck. I'm more mad at PK. I think for Saturday than oh, I, I am too. I'm, not, I'm, I'm just I didn't because I because it's unusual to see the defense give in like they gave in to to a team that says, "Hey, we're going to run a ball against what you do best," and well, they let and they let them do. I, that. I don't know if it's unusual though because it's happened three times in the last five games, so it's starting to become usual, right? Like Houston, it happened. K State, yes. it happened. TCU, it happened. Oklahoma, they got beat all game long. Uh, yes. And so I, I'm not going to throw that game in there. But something I noticed from going back and rewatching this game, like Texas, they applied a lot of pressure in the first half. The Longhorns aren't a huge, huge blitzing team, but they were bringing five, six guys a lot yes. in the first half on Saturday. And it was working, right? Josh Hoover threw a horrible interception. Uh, he couldn't get anything going. He didn't crack 100 yards passing. The TCU offense didn't score a touchdown. And then in the second half, it was, well, we've got this big lead, so let's stop blitzing. Let's drop more guys in coverage. That's, the, that's, all, that's the all breaks thing. That that Yeah. Uh, the PK is more breaks than Sark is, right? And we'll get to Sark's play calling here in a, in a little bit. But, uh, yeah, Texas was bringing a lot of pressure in the first half, and it was working. And it, and it makes sense, Buck, like a lot of defensive coaches do this to where we've got a big lead, let's drop extra guys in coverage oh, yeah, to make sure really. we don't give up big plays. Like for, for a lot of teams, that can work. But for Texas, that doesn't work because the okay. secondary just isn't good enough. Like the, the game plan for Texas, when Texas needs a big play with its secondary, they shouldn't drop more guys in the secondary. Oh, no. They should bring more pressure so the quarterback has less time to throw the ball, Absolutely. meaning the secondary has less time to blow a coverage because they do that a lot. Yeah, they can't cover guys, and, and when you're putting pressure on the quarterback, he has to make a quick decision, get rid of the ball, and Texas does pretty well at that. But when you when you drop eight or drop seven, rushing just the four down linemen or sometimes three, and the quarterback can roam around in the pocket, get loose a little bit and find guys, and, you know, they don't cover guys well in space out there. They just don't. They yeah. haven't. You know, yeah. and, and these comebacks have been because they're not getting – you're right, they stop the pressure that they, they bring originally – and they they get a, that's called being scared a little bit, You're getting nervous, being a little afraid. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, once again, it's like it, it's a strategy that a lot of defensive coaches implement, sure. right? It's not like PK is going oh, no, he's rogue. Not the- no, 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 no. It's just with this team, with this personnel, it just it doesn't right. seem like that works. And you should have done what did work in the first half, which was bringing more pressure. Uh, here's Steve Sarkeesian. We've got plenty of Sark audio. Of course, he's going to meet with the media a little bit later today, so we'll have that tomorrow but here's uh from post game on saturday steve sarkeesian's opening statement following the longhorns three-point win over tcu i thought for three quarters we played really good football 
Uh, but, but in the fourth quarter, it was unfortunate. We, we couldn't convert a third down, and then they were scoring quick. And our, we didn't tackle very good late in the game in the fourth quarter. Uh, and, and they were scoring quick, and then we couldn't stay on the field because you know, we were having a hard time converting third and threes and, and twos and whatnot. So, uh, as always, there's things to work on, um, but it sure feels good to be 9-1, and one, and um, it's, a, it's great to get a, a conference you know, victory on the road uh, against a good football team. You know, th- th- their record is not indicative of how good they are. I know they've lost a lot of one-score games. Uh, I've been there before. That's tough. Uh, but but Sonny's got a good team, and, and they, they continue to fight tonight, and they, they took us all the way to the end. And so, um, but like I said, I think that's what championship teams do. They find a way to win, and I'm very proud of our team. And um, got to get healthy, and we got to get ready to go again next week. Yeah, it's not indicative of how you make them look, that's for sure. You made them look like a really, really good team. You had the gas going, and you slammed on the brakes as quick as you could. You needed to get after them more. These 20-point leads, BK, are not enough for this football team. It just, you know, over the last two weeks. And that, and those 20 points disappear in a hurry. Yeah. And you, you look around, you know, you start looking around, like the players look around and saying, who's going to make the next play? When things start going downhill, they look at each other and say, you're going to make this play? Instead of the, me making the play, it just, it just looks that way. And the coaches call the games like that. I would like to counterpoint. Uh, I think 20-point leads are enough because Texas has won both of these games. I, I think I think if they were 17 or 18-point leads, maybe they wouldn't be enough. But if they're definitely 10-point leads, they're not enough. We know that. 20, 20 seems to be the magic number. Like As long as you can get a 20-point lead, you're going to be able to hold on for a victory. Once again, and once again, you know, this is a, you, you've got an offense coming off with, with your quarterback who hadn't played in weeks. You protected them well. You were running the ball well. You did a lot of things really, really well. But you ran – it's like somebody had that can they took out of the back of the car and had to run to the gas station with their thumb out. Hey, we need a little bit more gas right now on both sides of the ball. Yeah. You know, we, we, we really need – we need a little bit more gas. And the 20 points was – it just evaporated pretty damn quick. And that team was getting some chunk yards too. They really, yeah. really were. And this was not a good TCU team. I mean – but the way you got that that 20-point lead, I mean, you smacked them in the mouth so quick once again. You know, you came out of the locker room. It was good to see that. It was good to see Quinn Ewers throw the ball down the field, do some things. But I could just tell his arm just didn't have that arm strength. And that was to be expected. I mean, I, if anybody expected that guy to have the velocity of a guy who's just continued to play throughout eight or nine games, I mean, you come on. You didn't expect that. I thought he was a week, two weeks earlier than he was actually going to get on the field. Well, thank God Quinn Ewers played. Yeah, that was that was the best yeah. quarterback performance Texas has had in three weeks, right? Absolutely. He was twenty-two of thirty-three for three hundred and seventeen yards, one touchdown, one interception. The interception wasn't great. It was a deep ball. He kind of chunked up for grabs. TCU safety made a nice play playing center field, and then of course, as we mentioned, Jordan Whittington with an epic hustle play for Texas to get the ball back. To where that interception didn't really mean that much. Yeah, he threw um, up a couple. He threw one to Sam. He threw two or three lollipop passes where they look like you know I understand the one he threw to to A.D. Mitchell at the end I knew that was, I, I just think that he knows that that guy is a such a good athlete he can put on the brakes he can come back it's going to be his advantage if it's almost short thrown short because he knows that they may just talk about it but to come back and catch that ball over his shoulder like that was nice that was a nice grab I think those two kind of got together because as I said the arm strength you could see was starting I mean he was getting hit in the arm that's going to hurt Everything's going to hurt when you're coming back for the first time. It's just yeah. – he just gutted it out. I thought it was a really good performance by him. And 
No, I don't think they're. I don't think they're going to win with any other quarterback on that day. Right. Yeah, not I thought you were playing pretty well. Yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't perfect. Uh, he did have the interception. He had a couple of floaters. He missed Ad Mitchell on what should have been an easy touchdown in the first half. Ended up becoming a field goal drive for the Longhorns. And the field goal uh, kicker it, got it done again. Yep, Bert Auburn got it done again. He's made 11 straight field goals, right? After some early season struggles, he has found his rhythm, and he has become a weapon for this Texas team. And it was good to see Sark more willing to take the points a couple of times on Saturday because every point really mattered in yes. this game on Saturday. I thought for the most part, though, Quinn played well. Um, yeah, was he 100%? No. No. Best game ever? No. Uh, but I thought he did a lot of good things for this Texas team and, and put the Longhorns in a position to win this football game. So, yeah, and they uh, couldn't cover Xavier Worthy anyway. They just no, couldn't cover that. Day. Yeah, I mean, it, it's really cool. I think Jeff and I were talking about this last week. Texas has two number one wide receivers right now. Oh, they yeah. really do. Like th this wide receiver room is not, you know, Steve Sarkeesian 2020 at Alabama, where you've got Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell and uh, all of those guys. But damn, I mean, Xavier Worthy is a first round talent. A.D. Mitchell is entering that first-round conversation with what he's done over the last month or two. Like, to have both of those guys on this offense is big time. And Xavier Worthy, he brought him up, Buck. Ten catches for 137 yards on Saturday. He was going up against Josh Newton, who was one of the highest-graded corners in all of college football before Saturday. Like TC, that he he's one of TCU's best overall players. He'd been having a spectacular season, and that guy couldn't cover X to save his life. Oh no! And if so, if, if, if Quinn Ewers' arm is really really healthy, he's gone by that guy, and that ball is out there. It's not a little bit behind, but he he was going by that dude. Yeah, and that dude was having that dude was having troubles on long hitches and out routes and everything else covering Xavier Worthy. That was a fantastic game by Worthy. Yeah, that guy's a beast, man. And it's it's good to have Quinn back for a lot of reasons, but just never felt like Malik and X had great chemistry, no. right? Like they just couldn't seem to find it. Obviously, Malik and A.D. Mitchell were, were vibing over the Absolutely. Give games, me a lot but, of A.D. Give me a lot of A.D. Mitchell because he catches all the balls. Well, it was good to have X and and A.D. Mitchell rolling yes. together, right? It's, it's nice having both of your number ones as a big part of the offense. And, yeah, Adonai Mitchell – that last play. I'll give Sark some credit for that play call, right? Everyone's bashing Steve Sarkeesian for uh, some offensive play calling that helped TCU get back into the game on Saturday. Third and 12 in that spot. There are a lot of coaches that just run it. Like, hey, let's kill some clock. Let's make them burn their last time out. Let's whatever. put the defense back on the field. A lot no, of coaches do that. A I lot know. of coaches do that. And and they called. Look, they got the look that they wanted. It was a one-on-one -on, -one on the outside. Quinn made a good throw. A.D. Mitchell made a tremendous ad adjustment midair to go make the catch, and they got it done. So this is not the absolving Sark of all of the other play-calling issues in the second half, but in the biggest spot. You know, last week against K-State, the defense stepped up when they absolutely had to. Things were right. not going well in the fourth quarter. Things did not go well at the start of overtime against K-State. But when, the, when somebody on Texas needed to step up and make a play to preserve the win, last week it was the defense. This week it was the offense that stepped up and got it done. So uh, at least they're winning because there are a lot of instances over the last 12, 13 years in games like that where the Longhorns wouldn't have been able to make that last play to preserve the win. At least they were able to find a way two weeks in a row, once again, one time on defense, one time on offense, to make the key play in the biggest moment to get the job done. Yeah, and that what sucks is they lost their key player on offense, which sucks. Yep. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. That that's that is a shame. 
they still should be they're still good enough to win the next two games and, and get to that get to the championship. But man, when I watch Tech play this week, I watched some of the I, I watched a couple of the teams. Well, Iowa State is, you know, you saw who they were playing. So I mean, Iowa State's okay. Tech has gotten better. Yep. But this team's still defensive. Defensively, you still have to you gotta still have to get it done. But there's gonna be a lot on the shoulders of a, a couple young running backs that they had to have it. And this offense, which means this offensive line are gonna they're gonna have to make holes. They're gonna have to power power through whatever it is they have, they're going to have to continue to run the ball and run the ball with power and yeah. keep this clock going and keep, and keep leads because these leads seem to evaporate. If it's happened two weeks in a row, it doesn't mean it can't happen three. Now you're on the road again. Yep. But, once, but once again, you're going to have Quinn yours with a little bit of a sore shoulder, but he's also now another week of getting healthy. So a lot of things can happen in a positive way for this team when it comes to throwing the football. Because they do protect him. They protected him on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Now the offensive line, I thought, played pretty well. Look, yes. I'll give TCU's defensive front some credit. Uh, the Longhorns weren't able to run the ball incredibly effectively on Saturday night, which was part of the reason why TCU was able to get back in the game. I mean, Texas ran it 41 times. Yep. I, I wanted them to run it 40-plus. Uh, they only ran it for four yards a carry, though. So – uh, give TCU some credit there. They did a good job up front. They did a good job tackling. And you know, Jonathan Brooks went for 100 yards. Obviously, his biggest play was that screen pass. That was what damn near a 75 yard touchdown. Love that play. Love that play for him. Yeah, yeah, that that worked really well. But uh, yeah, TCU for the most part did a pretty solid job on the ground. And that's that's the scary part about this Iowa State game, which obviously we'll preview that a bunch over these next four days. But uh, Iowa State's got one of the best defenses in the Big 12. I think they're number one in total defense in this conference right now. Uh, they also have one of the best rush defenses in the Big 12. So, uh, yeah, look, you feel good with Jonathan Brooks going up against any defense because he's been yeah. great against every defense this year. Uh, without your horse, without your bell cow in the backfield going up against a stout run defense like that, that is a little bit scarier, and it does lead you to believe that, uh, yeah, you might need a little bit more from Quinn this coming Saturday. Need a lot more from the head coach too. You're gonna to have to have it. This this one, no, he, he we say needs to win two. Here comes the second one coming right at you. Yeah, I may have to win three, uh, and I think the team will win three. I think they'll that that last game on they'll know what that's for on the day after Thanksgiving. I think the, the emotions will take them a long, long way uh, against that Tech game. But this one on the road, this weird place on the road. I think the coach is gonna to have to dial up some good stuff this week uh, coming up. BK, I really do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, look, Texas is going to be favored in these last two games. They opened yes. up as a favorite against Iowa State. They'll be favored against Texas Tech. So they, they should still win these games, but it goes without saying that life is going to be a little bit more difficult for the Longhorns without Jonathan Brooks. All right, let's give some love to some of our great sponsors. We've got more from Steve Sarkeesian, obviously plenty more Texas and TCU conversation to talk about as well. Uh, but, Buck, I'll give you the first word this morning, my friend. Speaking of Jonathan Brooks, now if you are seeking specialized patient-focused orthopedic care, contact the folks at Texas Orthopedics. Uh, their doctors offer uh, surgical and non-surgical orthopedic care for children and adults, spinal care, sports medicine, trauma care, and joint replacement, rheumatology, and even more. While you're there, say hello to Dr. Christopher Danny and Dr. Christopher Stockton, and they're dedicated orthopedic surgeons. And their goal is to get you back into good health and a great quality of life that you deserve. Texas Orthopedics is the largest independent orthopedic practice in Texas. For more information, go to TXOrtho.com. That's TXOrtho.com. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Shout out to Texas Orthopedics. And how about a word from our man, Tom McKay? 
at AV Consultations. Hi, this is Tom McKay with Audiovisual Consultations. Scientific data proves it. Size does matter. The bigger and wider your television is, the better. Football season is here, and the time is now to get your entire audio video experience tuned up and ready. New flat screens, projection video, Dolby True HD surround, all the goodies at great prices and followed up with great service. So call us at 255-8678. That's 255-8678 or on the web at avconsultations.com. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shout out to AV Consultations. Had the four TVs rocking and rolling yesterday. Appreciate them. And, Buck, the heat kicked on. It did. Woods Comfort Systems. There you go. The heat. Your heat kicking on this week. Well, I'm going to tell you, it, it's been on, off, on, off. You know, it gets in the 70s and 80s, and the air conditioner flops on. But the heat has been on early in the mornings for sure. And thank you to Woods Comfort Systems because nobody does a better job than those guys, Travis and Dave and the whole gang over there. They've been doing it for over 60 years. And they're going to give you – they're going to make sure that your heating and your air conditioning unit is running smoothly. So if you've got a contract with them, get them out there. If you feel like, hey – I'm not quite sure if I should turn that heat on yet. Get out there. Get that contract done with this, with, their, with your heating system. Make sure they clean out all the ducts so everything is working just perfectly because it's going to get cold. It's going to – winter is going to hit December 17th. So be ready. That's no, right. December 21st is when winter starts. Oh, okay. It's usually how it works. <laughs> I'm working at December 17th now. That's your call, huh? That's my call, yes. WoodsComfortSystems.com or give them a shout, 512-842-5066. Tell me you heard about it right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. AC maintenance, heater repair and installation, uh, plumbing services as well. Yes, sir. Uh, you ate a little bit too much Taco Bell this weekend. Uh, make sure you uh, call our friends at Woods Comfort Systems and they'll, they'll uh, fix you up. Should be a gorgeous week here in Austin, Texas, USA, America. I'm no, I know you're not a temperature guy, Buck, so I'll tell you some of the temperatures yeah, that we have yeah, coming I need up. To know about that? What's happening? Like today's going to be kind of gross and overcast, and maybe a little rainy. Sure. But tomorrow, sunshine, high of 70. Wednesday, sunshine, high of 73. Thursday, high of 72. Friday, high of 76. Saturday, 72. I mean, this this is some fall weather. Absolutely, brother. We're coming to a town. We're coming to a town near you on Thursday. Yes, our friends up north. Yep. We'll be in Hutto this Thursday. Yes. The new Academy Sports and Outdoors broadcasting from 8 to 1 out there. We'll have a couple of gift cards. Yes, we do. To you people as well. So uh, more details to come, but there's plenty of details right there. So you can mark your calendars. This Thursday, the 16th, we will be broadcasting live from the brand new Academy Sports and Outdoors location in Hutto, Texas, 8 to 1. The Buck and I will be there. Uh, Wags and Rodney will be there. Jeff Howe's going to be there. And I think a couple of more folks will be stopping by from our team. So we, yeah, hope you and I are going to be on for a while there, I believe. Yeah, we'll be chilling. Fun. We'll yeah, be chilling. Man. We'll be hanging out with the people. I'll be uh, buying some Rangers World Series gear. Oh, they've got it. They've got it all. And they've got all the Longhorn gear you could ever want to. They've got Aggie gear. So if you're celebrating the firing of Jimbo Fisher. Hey, come on. They didn't have to do that. What do you mean? I didn't have to do that. You said you wanted to keep him. Oh, of course. They should have kept him for another six years, man. He just needs more time. He needs he, more time to get his players in there. He needs more money. That's what he needs. Well, and he got the money. He doesn't need any more money for the rest of his life. That dude is set. No more. Co- that's it. I'd be done. I, I love coaching. I coached for a long time. But you know what? There comes a time when you can just say, adios, dude. mofo. 
gone. <laughs> 76 million. Are you yep. kidding me? Yeah, $76.8 million buyout oh. for Jimbo Fisher. And yeah, no, if I got that type of money to never work again, you would never hear from me again. That's like, true. Not only would I not work, I would not talk. I would not <laughs> go out in public if I had that type of money, dude. There's I would money in your pocket, just pulling out boatloads of cash wherever you went. No credit cards for you. Hey, cash only, homie. Oh, how about these numbers for Jimbo Fisher? Of course, if you missed the news over the weekend, he was let go as the head football coach of Texas A&M. It's kind of funny because A&M played maybe its best game of the season on Saturday. Uh, they beat Mississippi State 51-10. to Now, Mississippi State is not good at all, and I think they just made a coaching change as well. So they've got their own issues in Stark Vegas. But uh, now A&M played maybe its best game of the year, and then right after that, the news drops that Jimbo Fisher is no longer the head coach in Aggieland. Um, how about these numbers? He made $125.5 million at Texas A&M. That includes the buyout money. That is $2.8 million per win. That is $4.3 million for conference win. And that is $12.55 million for ranked win for Jimbo Fisher. Uh, yeah, being a college football head coach, not bad work if you can get it. Yeah, that's why a lot of people are going to want that job. Names like Deion Sanders are popping up. But the guy that they can talk out of coaching in the NFL would be, that's right, the fighting Dan Campbells coming back home. That's right, to College Station. Talk that guy out of it. You got a lot of money. If you're willing to pay a guy $76 million for a buyout, you can talk, you can talk one of your alums on coming back, getting out of the NFL, get out of living in Detroit, and come back to live in College Station. That's he ain't a, doing that. You don't think? Oh, oh, you don't think they're? You don't think they're on the phone with that guy? Oh, I think the Aggies are trying. I don't think Dan Campbell's listening. Like he might try to parlay that into a raise with the Lions, but uh, why, why would he leave that right now? Like he's he's building something pretty special up there. The Lions are seven and two, and they're a young football team that should be relevant for the next few years. You think he's going to give that up to go to A and M and deal with that dumpster fire? That perennial dumpster fire? He's a guy who changes the culture. Oh, once, once again, AM should be trying to get Dan Campbell, but why, why would Dan Campbell do that, you know? I mean, I get it. He went there. I'm sure he loves AM, but – He's the highest-paid coach in the history of football, not just college football, but in football. I'd be surprised if he does it, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if AM tries, and they've got the money. To do that, hell, they just paid a guy $76 million oh to leave. Goodness. So they can uh, they can afford a guy like Dan Campbell. You would think they can afford just about anybody in the country if you know people are willing to listen for that job. And, of course, plenty of people will be interested in that oh, job. Yeah. Uh, come on, don't kid yourself. But uh, I don't know. I don't know if guys are leaving established posts right now, especially in the NFL, to go uh, try to turn things around at A&M. Uh, it, it feels like a good time, though, Buck. And, and we could play this every day and – People would laugh, but now it feels like the perfect day to take a trip down memory lane back to when Jimbo Fisher was introduced as the head coach in Aggieland almost seven years ago. Let's uh, not forget the trophy presentation in College Station. It says here, Jimbo Fisher, head football coach, NCAA Division I Football National Championship, Texas A&M University. The only, <laughs> the only difference between Kobe's and yours is you get to fill in a date. <laughs> I hope I fill in a couple. Just put never because it ain't never going to happen. 
There's oh. your date. Just never. Oh, ever. gosh, that is awesome. And then Jimbo, I hope I get to fill in a couple. Well, you'll get to fill in a couple of zeros. At that check when they give you, that's for sure. Oh, my God. So good. The most Aggie thing ever. They did a national championship presentation when they hired a head coach who um, didn't do jack shit. Yeah. Did not, get, did not get it done. Congrats and, uh, on a great COVID season there, Jimbo. That was a, a great year in 2020 for the Aggies. And they finished top five in the country that season. But zero national titles, obviously. Zero conference titles, zero division titles, and never played for the SEC. Some recruiting ranking wars. Yep, no ten win seasons, uh, no wins versus ranked opponents on the road, and in the last four full seasons, if you exclude the COVID year, zero top twenty-five finishes. And oh, by the way, Jimbo Fisher ended his tenure in College Station with a worse record than Kevin Sumlin. Remember, Aggies had to get rid of Kevin Sumlin because he wasn't good enough. We got to go get Jimbo because he's so much better. Uh, Jimbo actually had a worse record at AM than Summy did. That's broad shoulders, Summy? Really? Pudgy Summy. Come on, man. Really? In, incredible, man. In wow. Incredible. So, yeah, a couple, a couple guys got a little slip. Uh, Mike Yersich, I think, wasn't he on Tom Herman's staff? Wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. was the OC, I think, Tom Herman's last year in Austin. Yeah, he, he's, he of the Penn State offensive coordinator, gone. They oh. kept James Franklin, but – they got that dude. Wow, you're telling me Penn State lost a big game? Yes, they did. Yes. What? That's the Nittany Lions. I can't believe it. Yes, they oh did. My God, wow, that never dude. happens. And I'll tell you what. And in the second half, how about Michigan not throwing a pass? How about, oh. hey, we're going to run it, and we're going to run it every single down. We're not throwing the ball. They did not pass the ball in the second half. They had 30-some yeah, right. straight runs. Yeah, if anybody says J.J. McCarthy is the Heisman winner again, tell him to shut up because that guy just lost the Heisman on Saturday by that play calling there. It worked. You do what you take to win. I'm sure J.J. McCarthy is like, hey, I'm fine with it. We won the football game, and we're still very much in the national title conversation. But, yeah, that uh, that guy may have lost the Heisman with, uh, with the way that thing happened out and there. And our, our yeah. coach is watching the game from the hotel. He make the trip, but he has to go stay at a hotel. He has a Washington. Oh. Nice job there, Harbaugh. Yeah. Cheater. Cheater. Yeah. Big Ten dropped, uh, I don't know if you want to call it the hammer, but they obviously punished Jim Harbaugh in Michigan, and Jim Harbaugh can't coach in any of these final three regular season games. Uh, didn't matter too much for the Wolverines as they go into Happy Valley and get the win over Penn State in a game that set football back 30 years, Buck. Oh, and now they'll be pissed again because now they play Maryland. Look out, Terps. Because Michigan's coming to town and they are pissed. Mm. Oh, how'd you like to have that? How'd you like to know they're about to run it up on you? And I mean, run it down your throats. They may not pass it on you. I'd be in the coaches' meeting going, uh, this exotic passing game of Michigan, well, they don't have one and they're not going to use it, coach. How are you going to stop it? How are you going to stop the run game? Is that going to be a, a 5,000 unit play for you next week? We got to see what the numbers look like early for that. I'm seeing 20 and a half for Michigan on the road at College Park against Maryland. That looks like a pretty big unit play right there. 20 mm. only? How'd you do in your 5,000 unit plays this past weekend? Did I have a split or did I lose one? I was one down, I believe. Yeah, you went one and two, I believe. Yeah, so sorry you're about down that. 5,000 more units. You did have Oklahoma 
covering against West Virginia. Covering, I said that would be a mauling, which it was. And it was 59 to 20, the final score in Norman there. A nice bounce back for OU, who is very much alive in the Big 12 championship race. Never bet on your alma mater. You don't do that. Yeah, you bet on Boston College. Football. You said that last week. Why would you do that? That's yeah. And you're right. They got crushed by Virginia Tech in a game that nobody watched. That's another, like, why are you putting 5,000 units on a game you're not even going to watch? I didn't even watch it. I couldn't no. even watch it. You went to one of those schools and you didn't watch it. Nobody I, looked, I, I looked at the score one time. It was like 30-something than three. I, I said, this that, thing is over with. That game was on the CW right after Live Golf, I think. Nobody wow. was paying attention to that deal. And what happened to Oklahoma State? Hey, Gundy, way to be a man. Oh, my God, dude. They must have uh, – Ollie Pop must have been hurt. No, he played. He had he 12 did? carries for 25 yards. Yeah, he but, was hurt. He's still no. banged up from the week before. No, Oklahoma State. Well, Oklahoma State just they, – they didn't have it. I mean, if you're an Oklahoma fan watching that game on Saturday, you got to be thinking, how the hell did we lose to this team? I know. Did we lose to those guys? Yeah, UCF 45, Oklahoma State 3. Maybe the biggest surprise of the weekend. Like, look, the Vegas line was only two and a half. And that piqued a lot of people's interest. And it's like, well, why is it only two and a half? Oklahoma State's won five in a row. They just beat OU. They're in the top 16. Uh, what's the deal here? And then it's one of those, well, uh, maybe UCF has something here. Uh, UCF winning, not the biggest surprise in the world, but UCF winning 45 to three? Yeah, that's, I mean, I don't know. that. Mike Gundy must have been drinking from a fire hose or something. Inserted know. into his mouth or something. <laughs> Unbelievable. Now that's uh, Venables, who's the fire hose guy. But uh, yeah, well, Gundy, he he loaned it to him, in-state guy. Here, yeah, take this yeah. fire hose. Now, what's that do for them? Now, where does that still put them that, on the top of the heap? So the good news for Texas, the Longhorns are now in sole possession of first place in the Big Twelve. Um, we've known what's at stake for the Longhorns for the last couple of weeks. Texas still controls its own destiny. If the Longhorns win these final two games of the regular season, they will be playing for the conference championship on December 2nd in Arlington. But yeah, now you get into some tiebreaker scenarios, right? Um, I think Oklahoma State, like, it's not as clear for anybody. I don't think anybody else has a, you went out and you're guaranteed to make right. it kind of thing because you have a bunch of teams tied for second place, and there are all sorts of weird tiebreaker scenarios here. So I'm reading this article. I looked this up this morning, and I have not fact-checked this myself It'd probably take me an hour and a half to fact check this stuff because of all of the tie-breaking procedures that this conference has. But here's where it is. So for Texas, if the Longhorns went out, they're in. We know that. Yes. Oklahoma State, according to this article, needs to win out. They also need Texas to win out, and they need Kansas State to lose to Iowa State. For Iowa State to make it, they need to win out which obviously would include a win over Texas this weekend. Right. And they need to have Oklahoma lose once. For Oklahoma to make it, OU needs to win out, Texas needs to win out, and Oklahoma State has to lose one more time. For Kansas State to make it, K-State needs to win out, and they need Texas to lose once. And obviously there are scenarios if Texas loses twice or if these other teams lose twice, but like that, that basically reading all of that, hopefully you didn't write that down. There's no need to actually remember it. But basically saying that is there's a lot of shit that can happen over these next yes. two weeks. So, you know, for Texas, it's as clear as you win and you're in. But it's not like, oh, it's guaranteed that if some other team wins its last two games, that's who Texas will play at AT&T. Now, there's, there's all sorts of stuff that can go down around this conference. We know Kansas is done. 
Uh, yeah, Kansas is probably done. They suffered their third conference loss over the weekend. And, uh, yeah, congrats to your Mark U for getting the win in Lawrence. I did talk you out of making Kansas a 5,000-unit play. Yes, yes. Uh, they, and, you know, that game, these next two games are going to be unbelievable. This is this is going to – these are going to be tough. This one on the road this week is going to be tough. But your Mark U, wow. I know uh, everything's showing up there. The officials, the bad officials, everything's showing up on that Friday, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Get yourself look, nice and juiced up. Sorry, I don't drink anymore, but I'd probably be jammed up on Friday because that's one of those days that anything anything goes. Get yourself right. an Uber to get to the stadium. It's going to be wild. Yeah, I think the good news for uh, Texas fans attending that game on Black Friday is the fact that it is a night game. Right. So it's not one of those you've got to wake up super early right oh. after Thanksgiving. You got to start drinking at seven or eight a.m. following <laughs> that Thanksgiving turkey dinner. Uh, you get some time to uh, to sleep in a little bit on that Friday. Maybe do some online shopping because that's what Black Friday has turned into. It ain't people camping out. I used to love that shit, dude. I used to but camping out at Best oh, Buy. Oh, yeah, I've done it dude. before. You know, you know, my favorite hobby is people watching. So oh, I would so go those lines. Oh, oh yeah. I, I'd go, I never bought anything. I would Just go every go. year. My, my cousin, a uh, big tech guy, not Texas tech, big like technology guys. So they always have great deals on technology for black Friday. And yeah, he would always want to go. And this is up in Dallas. We would just like right after dinner on Turkey day, we'd go and start camping out and we'd just stay overnight to, uh, to, to wait in line for some game console or phone or wow. speaker system. And I wouldn't buy shit, man. I would just go and hang out and people watch. People? Ah, it was uh, it was the best right there. So, anyways, yeah, night game against Texas Tech, and I think, I think some Texas fans are a little bit more nervous about these last two games because of what Iowa State and Tech did over the weekend, right? Iowa State went to Provo and beat the crap out of BYU. Um, I will say this: Keaton Slovis did not play for BYU. I'm not going to sit here and say he makes up a 32 point difference or whatever the margin of victory was, but it wasn't uh, the same BYU team that Texas played. Um, and then Kansas, yeah, they lost to Texas Tech. So you're thinking, oh God, Texas Tech, maybe they figured it out. Look, Texas Tech is playing a little bit better. I yes, will get on that. Uh, Kansas was down to its third string quarterback. I mean, Jason Bean yes. got hurt in the second quarter of that game. Tech they needed were... a game. They needed a game winning field goal to beat Kansas football's third string quarterback. So hey. Still, that's a ranked win on the road. I'll give uh, your mark you some credit. Congrats to the your markers there. But uh, there's a lot of backup quarterbacks that I was a true freshman playing. Yeah, for Kansas. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's in Texas Tech doesn't have its third string quarterback. They're back up to its second string quarterback in Baron Morton. So uh, I think it was if it was third string QB versus third string QB, KU probably wins. They couldn't handle their own third string QB against. Uh, wow. Texas Tech's backup QB. So all sorts of quarterback attrition. The good news is Texas has its guy back. Uh, I'm not sitting here telling you that these next two weeks are going to be easy, but I'm still saying you should be fairly confident that Texas is better than its remaining two opponents. I would I would agree with that, yes. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, it's just the pace will have to be pick, picked up in the backfield. They know it. You know it. The American people know it. So yeah. in, in order for them to win even these next two games – Guys are going to have to play exceptionally well in this backfield. I yep. mean, a lot of pressure is going to be put on the shoulders of a freshman and a sophomore. It just just has to happen. Sorry, guys. That's why you came to Texas. It's here. 
Yeah, absolutely. Let's hear from Steve Sarkeesian in a minute, um, talking about the killer instinct that Texas needs to learn here. And it's so weird, man. I mean, in the first half of the season, Texas was a great second half team, right? Uh, The issue was the Longhorns would get out the slow starts the first half against Rice in the season opener, the first half against Wyoming, the first half uh, against Kansas. I mean, it was just like, what's going on here? And then, boom, in the second half, this team would just turn it on and they'd pull away from teams. Of course, they did that in Tuscaloosa against Alabama. And so it's like, okay, well, we just need to figure out our starts and then we're going to be awesome. But then in the second half of the season, Texas has been a great first half team, but a bad second half team. Like, I I don't know if I've ever seen anything like this to where just an entire team has totally shifted to where they used to be slow starters and great finishers. And now they're great finishers and slow starters. It's uh, it's, it's annoying, but also miraculous that something like this has happened this season. So we'll get into that here in a moment, but Buck, uh, covert B cave. How about a word for our great friends out there? I want to thank the folks at covert B cave. Once again, when they had us for our, pregame show myself and Trey out there and the whole gang and we appreciate them because they carry seven brands of automobiles and SUVs Buicks GMCs Cadillacs Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram of course out there in beautiful 42 acres in B Cave Texas now they've been doing it since 1909 the Covert family selling cars and trucks in Central Texas and they've got Covert Ford and Chevy and Hutto they've also got Covert Lincoln and Ford right in Austin Texas while you're out there They have a lot just filled with cars, trucks, and SUVs. So there's no waiting. You don't have to wait around six weeks, two months to get your car or truck. They're there on the lot. You pick it, you pick it up for sure. Say hello to Dan Colbert out there, Mike and Stacy, Jerome, the whole gang out there, folks. And go to covertbcave.com for more information on the weekly sales that they have. Nobody beats a covert deal. Not now, not ever. Not ever. Shout out to Covert Bee Cave and shout out to our friends at Great Blue Heron Furniture as well. Great Blue Heron Furniture, a custom leather furniture company that started way back in 1991. They focus on heavy leathers, hides, and fabrics ranging from traditional Western to modern farmhouses. So, Buck, when you get that farmhouse off 281. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You got to make sure. You're been talking up. to Joyce about that, about that farmhouse. She said, hey, happy living. I happy said, okay, living. but I'll have, I'll have that. Great blue herring furniture, won't I? She says, happy living, like, hey, happy living on your own. I yeah, ain't that's, going. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, happy uh, living. Okay, uh, thanks a lot. I'm going to get that little farmhouse. The good well, news is you'll have a great couch or a recliner out there. And that dog. Maybe that give me that dog, too. There you go. Great blue herring furniture, the best looking, the most comfortable, and the best built furniture anywhere in the world. This stuff is built to last four decades i'm telling you you cannot and you will not find more stylish more comfortable more well-built furniture anywhere in the universe if you're watching on youtube there's a link in the video description below that will take you right towards the texas sports unfiltered collection and if you're listening on the app just go to greatblueheronfurniture.com if you type in the promo code hook'em you're going to get 15 percent off that's right type in the promo code hook'em when you check out you'll get 15 percent off also, I'll throw in a last stand hat as well if you buy a piece from greatblueheronfurniture.com. Longhorn-owned company. Most of the manufacturing is done right here in the state of Texas. also like to give a shout-out to Dr. Greg Eckert and his wonderful staff. You know, they do everything from general dentistry to the most advanced work. Got my teeth, these chiclets done in just two visits with the good doctor. Saw him on Friday at the uh, uh, Lake Travis Vandegrift game. Came up to the press box, get a chance to say hello to Dr. Eckert. But folks, if you're interested in having 
dental implants. You know, if you've got some struggles with your teeth, but you don't want veneers, you want dental implants. Well, he can get this done in just one day. You'll leave his office with a nice smile. Find out if you're a candidate by giving him a call today at 512-345-3166, folks. You'll love the great job that he's done. He's been doing that work for over 28 years, over 1,400 cases of restoring teeth. If you've got dental anxiety, IV sedation, that may be the way to go for you. Get it done. Take care of your dental health for sure. If you got that insurance, time to use it before you lose it. 512-345-3166, Dr. Greg Eckert. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Okay, let's hear from Steve Sarkeesian, Buck. Uh, he was asked after the game on Saturday about what Texas needs to improve on over these last couple of weeks. And, well, he basically said, we've got to find a killer instinct. Hold on. I've got mail notifications popping up over where I'm supposed to click for the sound. Get out of here, mail. <laughs> here we go. Good teams continue to improve as the season goes on. You never hit this point where we can't improve. So I get it, we're in November, but we can improve still. And there's a lot of football left to be played, and we can improve. And where we can improve is that killer instinct, that, that mental intensity, um, that focus, that tenacity that we played you know, the first two quarters with to come out in the third quarter uh, and to go finish the team off. You know, It was a tremendous goal line stand there in the third quarter. And, and we start on our own one or two yard line and we move the ball out to about the 38. And we had an opportunity there to really continue to go. And what that drive could have meant to that whole game at that point would have totally changed the complexion of the game. We don't convert. We end up punting the ball. Uh, and then they turn around and get their momentum back. And so there's, there's an idea of this, this whole complimentary football thing that we did. We had some really cool complimentary football tonight, but that was a moment when I thought we could have really seized it, um, and we didn't. And so that's, that's where we have to improve. I'm sure other teams have other areas where they need to improve, but that's where we have to improve. we got to have that killer instinct to, to put, people lo- put people away when we have a chance to. Very similar to last week. We had an opportunity last week and we weren't able to do it as well for different reasons. When you start turning the ball over in your own end, you let them back into the game. So it all adds up to we have opportunities to put people away. We, we've got we've to hone in, have the right mental intensity to go do that. True, Coach. Mm. That, that's totally true. He's absolutely right about that. So I, I just don't I, – I, I, it just amazes me that you get to those, those certain points where it's almost like you don't understand that this is a really important play in the game. I mean, individuals start thinking, okay, hey, we took it off the goal line. Okay, we'll get to the 38. We've changed field positions, which you did, but they still had momentum for some odd reason. And, you know, that's when your defense, okay, you made a stop at the goal line. Guess what? Now your offense has put it out. They've punted them back into their territory. Guess what you have to do again? You need a three and out. Yeah, your offense could get going. They all need to understand how important all these plays are. But your defense can't give in the way they gave in in the fourth quarter. That's, that, they, they were starting to just get gouged. Yes, you made a nice goal line stance, but dudes, come on now. They yeah. can't go that back down the length of the field. You should never give up 20 points in a quarter. And that's what oh. Texas did in the fourth quarter on Saturday. And I mentioned the numbers earlier. Shield your ears if you need to, because they're pretty ugly. Uh, TCU's last three touchdown drives took a total of five minutes and 37 seconds. Uh, TCU's last four possessions, they had 247 yards on 30 plays. That's 8.23 yards a play. They were damn near picking up a first down every single time they snapped the football. 
down the stretch in the second half. And that's what it felt like, BK. It was always second and two, second and three. I mean, it was like, wow. Yep. I mean, TCU basically did whatever it wanted in the second half. The good news is, well, Texas's defense was so good in the first half, and the Longhorns okay. had given themselves a 20-point lead that TCU just ran out of time to complete the comeback, and there was too much of a comeback that they needed. But, yeah, I mean, defensively down the stretch, it was a disaster for Texas, and they got passive, like – all gas, no breaks. You weren't that defensively because you were bringing the gas in the first half. You yes, were, you were a lot, a lot of five and six man pressures for Texas. And it was getting Josh Hoover off of his game. And TCU couldn't do anything offensively in the first half. And he threw that bad pick late in the second quarter that gave Texas another touchdown to make it 26 to six going into recess. But then in the second half, you know, I never made, thought that they could come back. I never thought that they could, that, that they could do what they did in that game. Right. I was just thinking, and I know, and I was thinking that whole time in, this, in the third quarter, I said, and they definitely can't do it in the run game. And they just turn around and hand it off to that dude for eight, seven missed tackles. I was like, wait a minute. This is not, this is not really going to happen. Yeah. But, I, but I, I always thought that they just said, we'll just keep slugging. Let's keep slugging. Eventually they'll give in. And they gave in to some tackling where they didn't tackle really well. Yep. And, that, and, they, and they penetrated that defensive line and got into the linebacker and the secondary area. But you're right. They did not tackle well. No, they didn't. And then offensively, it's like Steve Sarkeesian has been the anti-Midas man in the second half of these games lately. I mean, I don't love his play calling on Saturday, but I've, I've seen a lot of Texas fans be like, we took our foot off the gas. Well, in the third quarter, Texas had 11 offensive plays, part because the defense couldn't get off the damn field. They had 11 offensive plays. They threw it on eight of them. They only ran it three times. That's not that's not tapping the brakes. It's just maybe he should have ran it more. Like the three runs that Texas had in the third quarter averaged 6.3 yards a carry. So I do think Texas should have ran it more. There was a really horrible play, uh, play call in the third quarter of the game where, you know, Texas had a second and 10. They ran it with Jonathan Brooks. They got nine yards. So it was third and one. And instead of, handing it off to Jonathan Brooks again, which would make sense on any third and one, but especially yeah. after you just picked up nine yards by giving him the rock and they threw a screen pass to Jonathan Cook, Xavier Worthy missed the block. Well, that thing got blown up. And it got blown up and Texas had to punt right there. So that was a horrible play call. Texas probably should have ran it more in the third quarter. And then in the fourth quarter, maybe you could argue they should have passed it more. So it wasn't like a common theme of, oh, Sark knew he had a big lead and he's just like, I'm, I'm just going to run it over and over again. No, he, he, he tried to be aggressive. I think he was too aggressive. I think he was stupidly aggressive. I think he kind of overthought it, right? Because he's I'm sure he was thinking, well, we're up 26 to 6. TCU thinks we're going to run it a bunch here in the second half to try to be, bleed the clock. Let's so out him and throw it. I'm going to be smarter than them. We're going to throw the ball a whole lot. And it, it didn't really work that well for Texas. So by overthinking things, Sark kind of looked dumb. But it wasn't just a case of, now Texas just tried to kill all of the clock. They were trying to be aggressive. They were trying to score more. They just they couldn't do it. They couldn't convert third downs. And they just given, kept giving the ball back to TCU. And TCU just kept scoring. So They won't learn the fact that if you're making, once again, X-Man, your, your main focus of the, the block out there, do they whip him around that 160 pounds or whatever? They say 172 or 182. They just whip him around, or he just whiffs the block, and the guy's right on it. 
Yeah, that was the singular worst play call I thought Steve Sarkeesian had on Saturday, right? Like, even if that worked, I would have been like, what? Like, really? Third and one? You've got Jonathan Brooks in the backfield, uh, and you're doing that? You're you're making Xavier Worthy the lead blocker, and you're throwing to Jonte Cook, who plays like five snaps a game? Yeah. Like, that, that was dumb. That was dumb in foresight, and obviously it didn't work. Uh, but, yeah, no, I mean, I, look, I, I, I am not letting Sark off the hook here, but the narrative was I think Texas just tried to deflate the football and – and run it over and over and over again. And that's why TCU got back in the game. Nah, like they, they tried to stay aggressive. They tried to keep their foot on the gas. It turned out maybe to be a little foolish to do it that way, but it was just the whole, whole uh, a combination of things not working, which allowed TCU to get back in this one. Yeah. I, I just didn't know how good the runner was from TCU, but boy, he started to shake and bake his shoulders and tackles getting through the line. He was, he was really, really good in the fourth quarter. He was, he was kind of special in the third quarter. He also had a receiver that I thought was pretty good, too. Kept getting – was it Johnson? He kept just getting open. I mean, uh, he Williams, was – Savion Williams? Yeah, he just kept getting open and open yeah. and catching slant routes. I'm like, guys, please, tackle this dude. Yeah, I, well, let's, let's, uh, let's hear more from Steve Sarkeesian here, um, talking about the defense in the fourth quarter. And, and here's Sark uh, talking about what you were talking about, Buck, how the tackling just kind of fell apart. I just didn't think we tackled great today, you know um, – Early in the game, I thought our coverage was really good. In the first half, we, we, we covered really well. We played the deep ball well. Uh, we broke up some plays. When they completed it, we were, we were tackling really well. But as the game went on, we just didn't tackle very well. You know, they, they threw a curl route, and we don't tackle the guy, and he splits us and goes down the middle and, you know, jumps over a guy, made the guy look like Superman, you know, where it should have been a gain of 10 yards. And so those are, those are things for us where we need to improve, you know. Again, if we do it right and we stop the run well and we get the lead and play well offensively, people are going to have to start to throw the ball. All right. Well, now they're going to complete some of those throws. That's okay too, but you got to get them on the ground. And I, I just didn't think we tackled very good there, especially in the fourth quarter. It, it, it was not good enough. Yeah. The numbers are going to come at you coach. Cause yeah, they're going to start throwing it. So you better start bringing pressure like you did in the first half and yeah. not be passive on defense and sit back and let them have time to find the holes or, that secondary, they can't they they can't cover guys when they're running all around loose. That's that's the problem. Is yeah, it, it's it's okay. They're gonna yes, we all know they're gonna get numbers because they're gonna pass it more. But that doesn't mean you 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 can't cover them still, or you can't bring pressure. You can still bring pressure. Yep. And make sure that ball is out of that quarterback's hand in a hurry. Yeah. Uh, it, it just they just don't cover guys well when they don't bring a, when when they don't get pressure in the front, or I don't care where they bring it from. Just sitting back in this defense get you will get you beat here eventually. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, and hopefully uh, that's a learning experience for PK, right? Because Texas, uh, yeah, defensively was bringing the heat a lot in the first half, and it worked in the second half. They they played more of a prevent style defense, right? Let's uh, try to not give up the big play. Let's try yeah, to everything keep everything you did against Oklahoma. You continue to do the the next two games afterward. Just you got to bring the heat. You can't sit back. They'll find the open guy. These yeah, will find a guy. And it's and it's kind of tough, I guess, for PK because there are times where Texas is able to consistently get pressure with just four. Right. So when that happens, you're like, well, well, yeah, well, we're getting pressure anyways. We don't need to bring blitzers. Let's just drop seven guys in coverage because we're still gonna force the quarterback into an errant throw. But you know, there are times, hey, the other guys are on scholarship too. They right. use offensive line. They they blocked decently well. They held up all right against three and four man pressures and the. You can call them pressures, three and four man rushes 
in the second half. And then, yeah, PK's got to bring more blitzers. So, uh, yeah, I mean, at times it's like, well, I think I can get pressure with four, so I'll drop extra guys to help the secondary because the secondary is clearly the weakness for this team. But you got to realize that, hey, if that's not working, you've got to bring more blitzers. Because once sure. again, I said it earlier, and I'll keep saying it until I'm blue in the face. Um, you know, for a lot of teams, if you want better coverage, the right move is to drop extra guys into coverage. For this Texas team, if you want better coverage, the right move is to take guys out of coverage and bring them on the blitz. Absolutely. Put because pressure this, on the this quarterback. Team, it doesn't matter how many guys you drop back there in the secondary. They can't cover for very long. Someone's going to have a miscommunication. Someone's going to get beat. And someone's going to get open. And then on Saturday, not only was it somebody getting open, but it was someone making something happen after the catch right. too, to pick up extra yards in the yak category. So, uh, yeah, they got to be uh, they got to be more aggressive. That's what was working in the first half. This prevent defense, Texas ain't good at it. Some teams are. Texas ain't right now. Yeah, and I thought they were fabulous in the first half against the run. But something happened, uh, not scheme-wise, but – you know, not effort-wise, but somebody got tired. A couple of the big guys got tired in that fourth quarter. You know, it's just – boy, oh, boy. They, they, as I said, there was no pressure in the pass, and there wasn't very much they, – they, they gave up a lot in the run uh, with their substitutions. Yeah. I don't know if guys were tired. I guess you don't substitute a guy unless he's tired. I mean, you don't do it. Bring it take out a guy like Sweat. You can't take him out of the game unless he's tired. If he can't right. give you anything – that dude plugs up a hole with just his big body in there right? against the run. And oh, he made a couple of really nice run plays, too, against the run where he was there. And he clogged up the hole. So yeah. he must have been tired. He must have he must have got winded in that fourth quarter because he and I think Byron Murphy, there were times where they had substituted those two guys in drives. And I'm like, wait a minute, where are those big-ass guys at? Yeah, They looked, oh, they must be tired. And they yeah. felt like, they like they felt like, hey, we're up twenty. They're not going to catch us. Well, they did. TCU plays fast, man. I mean, yeah, it's, they did. Uh, teams defenses will rotate to keep guys fresh against a team that runs as many plays as TCU does, and uh, they were obviously able to run a lot of plays in the second half and move yes, the ball down did. the field pretty quickly. So, yeah, it might have been a thing of guys getting tired. It might have been a thing of you know, let's see if something else works because what we're doing right now isn't working. Uh, yeah, it was frustrating. And as our guy Longhorn Bear says, yeah, thank you for the. Uh, Thank you for the positivity this morning. Texas is nine and one. Uh, last year, I think Texas was two and four. I think that stat is wrong. I think the Longhorns were two and four in one score games. This year, they are now three and one in those one score games. So the Longhorns are finding ways more often than not to win these games. We'd prefer not to have heart attacks every weekend. Uh, but the good news is they are still finding ways to come out victorious. And it's nice that uh, we're actually talking about Texas still being in the national title conversation they don't look like a national title team right now but hey two weeks left in the regular year they're Just still, uh, they're we, still- we, it's not like dude that we have said hey we've been saying just win the game you just need to win the games that's 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 what really matters to get to the championship game i just don't know if they're good enough to win a championship without one dude without this dude playing running back i just yeah. i mean he's just so valuable to them right now and if, if they if the young guy can pick up the pace, which he has to do, along with another young guy, then I think they're they're still in it. It's not a it's not a national, it's not a playoff kind of team right now. You've lost a big a big part of that, but you are a you you can still be in the Big 12 championship. Yeah. Well, you can still make the playoff too. That's why it's worth talking about because you have one loss. Now, nobody else is losing 
That's the problem, right? You need you need teams ranked ahead of you to start losing some games right. because yeah, if there are four undefeated teams at the end of the year, then well, sorry, Texas, like uh, you you lost once this year, and it was unfortunate that one loss kept you out this season. Uh, but no, like I I don't think you should avoid talking about the playoff right now because it's still very much at play for Texas. Like yes. They don't look like a top four team in college football right now, but no. they're still going to be ranked in the top seven in the CFP rankings when they come out tomorrow night. And if they win these last three games, they still very much have a chance to make it to the final four. So it, it, th- that's I'm also the, talking about blowing 20 point leads. 20 well, that's, points. that's the issue, Buck. Like that's where we're at. So in a sense, you're right. Like for Texas to win the big 12, they can blow a 20 point lead every Saturday, but as long as they keep winning, they're going to win the Big 12. If they right. win three more games, they will win the Big 12 this year. Doesn't matter by how many points. It doesn't matter how they look. If they win three games in a row starting now, they will win the conference championship. Absolutely. But because they're still in the playoff mix, style points do matter because we're talking about resumes. And a lot of Texas fans, myself included, were a little bit upset last Tuesday night when the rankings came out and Texas was behind Oregon. It's like, well, the Oregon has beaten one good team this year. How the hell is Oregon ranked ahead of Texas when Texas went on the road and beat Alabama and the Longhorns had three ranked wins? Like, Texas has a better resume. Why are they behind Oregon? So when we're talking about stuff like that, comparing resumes, style, style points matter. do matter. Yes. Yeah, and giving up 20 is not a good thing. Exactly. So if you beat K-State 27-7 to instead of 33-30 to in overtime, if you beat TCU 26-6 to instead of 29-26 to – then it's, you know, the resume looks a little bit better. The eye test is a little bit better. So that's, that's the extra annoying part for this thing. Like it's, it's great to be in this spot. Do not get me wrong, but also you would just love to have those extra style points with blowout victories instead of nail biting victories. Cause at the end of the year, when the committee is looking at all the data points with yes. all of these one loss teams, assuming there is a conversation to be had about one loss teams then they're going to look how they won, how they lost. Exactly. Yeah. This stuff might get held against Texas and it might keep the Longhorns out. So that's, that's why it's a little extra infuriating that, uh, that this keeps happening to this team. Well, I know one thing you weren't infuriated about. I bet you weren't about that Texans win on Sunday. How about that win? The Texans? Texans. Yes. How about that win? That was special. Yeah. I mean, I, I said it last week with Trey, like, that was an opportunity for the Texans to show the world that they're ready to win right now. Yes. Like they've already shown enough to me and I think to the football world that okay, they're they're building something here. Like CJ Stroud looks like the real deal. D'Amico Ryan's looks like he knows what he's doing and hey, maybe let's pay attention to the Texans in the next couple of years because well, they've got something cooking down there in H-Town. That would have been the narrative if they lost that game, it's like, oh, sure. hey, cool. They're not, they're not on Cincinnati's level yet. That's fine. Whatever. Uh, they go in there and win that game on the road against the Bengals. And they were in control. Like CJ Stroud threw a bad pick, only a second pick of the year. And that kind of allowed Cincinnati to get back in this one. But the Texans had a 10 point fourth quarter lead at one point in this game before Cincinnati came back and tied it. And obviously the Texans needed the game winning field goal at the buzzer to get the W. But now this Texans team, they sent a message to the world yesterday, Buck, that, uh, Hey, don't don't sleep on us this year. It might not take 2024, 2025 for us to be in the playoff picture. They're right there, and it feels like they're ready to win right they have now. A whole lot of defense, a lot, lot, lot more defense than I thought they would have going into Cincinnati. They played that defensive line played tough. 
They didn't let Joe Mixon get – they didn't let him get off in the run game. You know, they were they were forcing, forcing Joe Burrow to get the ball down the field. And, and I'll tell you what, that that those those young outside linebackers, boy, can they play. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Texans defense sputtered in the fourth quarter a little bit, but um, they did have a couple of big interceptions of Joe Burrow. And like you said, they, uh, they kept the Bengals' ground game quiet oh, yeah. yesterday. And, yeah, C.J. Stroud, I mean, not his best statistical game, but uh, another – game-winning drive for him like the guy is incredibly incredibly clutch threw for 356 yards and yeah the uh the game-winning drive with the what 93 seconds on the clock after the Bengals had tied the game with the field goal that of course comes a week after the miraculous touchdown drive that cj stroud led against tampa bay in the final minute last week that one was impressive but to do this in cincinnati against that team uh really really good C.J. Stroud, man, just uh, continues to get the job done. And once again, the Texans, they're right there. The Jags lost. They got boat raced by the 49ers yesterday. So the Texans very much in the mix for a wild card spot, but they're also in the mix for the AFC South title right now this year. Uh, what a story. Maybe the best story in the NFL to this point this season. A lot of people thought they would be maybe the worst team in football or at least one of the worst teams in football again but they're sitting with a winning record nine games into the year. Very, very impressive. That's incredible. I thought they were they were a a at the most three three wins for them during the course of, during the season. Wow. Yeah, I think my preseason prediction was six and eleven for the Texans. So uh, I didn't think they'd be one of the worst teams in the league, but I, I didn't think they'd be five and four through nine man. weeks and just a game out of first place in the AFC South. But it goes to show you, man, like. If you get the coach right and you get the quarterback right, you can turn your team around very right. quickly in the NFL. Look at Cincinnati, the team that the Texans beat. I mean, they had the number one pick in the draft a few years ago. They got a good coach in Zach Taylor. They got a great quarterback at Joe Burrow. Then, boom, they're playing for the Super Bowl just two years after having the worst record in the NFL. I don't know if that's what the future holds for the Texans, but they got the head coach right, and it's clear they got the quarterback right. And they got the fans back, and the, the fans will be back in the stands. They'll start to build around that quarterback. And they'll continue to build on defense because your head coach is a defensive guy. So absolutely, it works yeah. out pretty well for them. Yeah, I don't think they're a legit Super Bowl contender this year no. or anything just because they don't have the talent. But uh, clearly they're building something great. And, you know, I think all Texans fans were asking for for this year was, hey, can we maybe be in the in the hunt graphics? You know, and the NFL season gets to December and they show like the playoff picture on TV oh, yeah. and they show all of the teams that at least have a chance to make it to the postseason. The Texans haven't sniffed that in years. Uh, they just wanted to like, hey, can we at least be in the mix? Maybe we don't need to make the playoffs this year, but can we at least be close to where it feels like we're moving in the right direction? And, uh, yeah, they are very much in the mix, in the hunt, whatever you want to call it right now. Uh, they are there. They are there. And they've got Arizona next week. <clears throat> then Jacksonville at home. It's going to be a huge game. Yeah. The Texans have owned the Jags, even when the Texans have been awful. That's right. They're They've had Jacksonville's numbers. So Arizona at home, then Jacksonville, and then Denver. Yeah, and San Francisco got real, real physical with Jacksonville yeah. on Sunday. They they got back to being with Chase Young on the other side of Boza. That's kind of scary right there now. Yeah, that's a meet at the quarterback situation. Wow. Yeah, that, that, they, that team is good. They figured it out. I mean, they had that three-game losing streak. Uh, the bye came at a perfect time for them because they got healthy. They got Debo Samuel back, which was yes. big. He had a great day yesterday. But, yeah, I, I don't think anybody was really burying the 49ers, right? And if you were, you're silly because they're still really, really good. And they took it to a Jacksonville team that I think had won, what, four or five in a row? Mm -hmm. 
going into that, they were also coming off of a bye too. So it's not like there was a major rest advantage. San Francisco just that game was never close, thirty-four to three in Duval. Nice win for the Niners to uh, to figure things out there. And, you, and then, are you thinking? Are you starting to believe now? And I tell you, this will this will be it for Bill Belichick. They will part ways with Bill Belichick after this season uh, because he will want to part ways himself. That guy looked like his head was going to explode on the sideline. Yeah, sorry to uh, the folks in Germany. Although, not that sorry, because last week they got to watch the Chiefs-Dolphins game. Yes, that's uh, true. This week, this week they got stuck with Colts-Patriots, which, hey, 10, 15 years ago, that would have been the best game ever. Uh, but you got Gardner Minshew against Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi in Frankfurt. How about the and, last drive pulling Mac Jones? How about saying, go sit down? Yeah, I didn't watch that. That's when it happened, oh, literally the last drive? The last drive. The oh, last drive God. they brought in Zappi. They, they benched. Yeah. The guy I saw he got pulled. I thought I just assumed it happened in like the third quarter or something. It was the last drive of the game. Zappi hadn't played a down. They, t- they, told, they told Jones, hey, you go have a seat. I mean, on the last drive. I mean, he wasn't that great during the game. But to pull him on the last drive where you still have a chance to tie the game or win the game, sorry. Yeah, Bailey Zappi threw a pick on a fake spike, oh, too. How about the fake spike? Was that on his own? I got to believe that was on his own. That's not a call fake. He just did that on his own, thought he was going to fool him. Then he threw it to a bedroom full of guys. <laughs> I mean, they were all I'm like, wait a minute. This isn't even the guy you need to throw this thing to. Hey, you know who the offensive coordinator in New England is, right? Oh, of course, yes. Yeah, so I, I, I assume. Yeah, Billy O's dumbass. Uh, probably called that one from oh the sidelines. Oh. Yeah. How about the Cowboys yesterday? That is to be that was to be expected. Yeah, it was the biggest line of the season. I think the Cowboys closed as a 17 and a half point favorite against the Giants. Uh, it wasn't nearly enough as the Cowboys win 49 to 17. Now there were people before the year started, Buck, that said the Giants were better than the Cowboys and that the Giants were the biggest threat to the Eagles in the NFC East. Uh, The Cowboys and Giants have played twice this season, and that's it for those two teams. Uh, The Cowboys outscored the Giants 89-17. to So, good job, Giants. The Giants are horrible, uh, and the Cowboys a nice bounce back. They were a little sluggish in the first quarter. Took them a while to get things going, but then they just put the beating on the Giants. They opened up a can of whoop-ass, and that game just got out of hand very quickly. Well, they're making sure that they throw the ball to their number one guy. They don't even play around anymore. That ball is going to C.D. Lamb, and, and they're going to him often, and they're going to him early. They're just they're just getting the ball to him. They they know they have to get him involved early, and they do. And yeah. he made some great catches. I mean, there were some nice throws, throws by Dak, and they tried to go to the run game, which still, Tony Pollard is not that guy. No, Rico Dowdle might be better yeah, than that, Tony that Pollard guy, right now. He's that guy right now. <laughs> it, it might be like the third year in a row where Cowboys fans are saying, uh, the backup might be better than the starter. Yeah. Right? For the last two years, it was, hey, Tony Pollard's better than Zeke. And this year, it might be Rico Dowdle is better than Tony Pollard. He at least and, was better yesterday. I think so in the run game. I think he is for sure. Yeah. Running and then football. you brought up CeeDee Lamb. Did you see he made history yesterday? 11 catches. For 151 yards. By doing that, C.D. Lamb became the first player in NFL history to have three straight games with at least 10 catches and at least 150 receiving yards. Yeah, he Jerry was Rice. Jerry Rice never did it. Randy Moss never did it. T.O. never did it. Uh, you go 
down the list. No receiver has ever done what C.D. Lamb has done over the last three weeks. Very impressive. Very impressive. Dak's really impressive, too. Yeah, and how about Brandon Cooks? Like, hey, he's pretty good. Maybe yeah. we should get him involved in the offense a little bit. Tubbs? That's uh, Mike McCarthy for those who are curious. Oh, yes. Nine catches for 173 yards and a touchdown for Brandon Cooks? Yeah, they're they're playing. They're playing good defense, good special teams. They're doing everything well right now. Yeah, and the Giants suck. We know that. Uh, but still, 32-point yeah. wins don't come around in this league very often. No. Cowboys uh, in all three phases just dominated the New York football giants. Cowboys will play one and eight Carolina next Sunday. And look for that to be another mauling too. It should be. Yeah. I mean, the Cowboys did lose to Arizona early this year, which I think, I think served them well yesterday. Right? Like I think the Cowboys will have that in the back of their mind. Whenever they play bad teams, it's like, Hey, we can't overlook anybody in this league because we oh, lost no. to Arizona and Josh Dobbs. Um, I think they kind of like, all right, we've got to make sure we're buttoned up and they should have that same mindset against Carolina. Yeah, I noticed them. I noticed them now, too. We're not running out the clock. We're going to throw it. We don't we don't care if there's three minutes left in the game. We're not taking a knee. We're, th- oh. we're trying to throw score a touch. I'm looking they were running I'm looking. up the score on those. They were running up the score. On, on, they try to do that on everybody now. They don't try to run the clock out. They try to run the score up. I like it. Yep. Yeah, indeed. That's uh, they did, and they, Greg Olson was uh, complaining about that on the broadcast Mike, yesterday. Stop it, then! Come on now, see us now. I was loving it, man. I was loving it. Hey, uh, Kyler Murray was back yesterday. I saw that, and uh, Arizona got a win yesterday. Um, did you see? They showed footage of Kyler Murray walking into State Farm Stadium before the game yesterday, and his first game back after tearing his ACL last year. Did you see this? Did he have his car with him? Here it is. Stop. <laughs> you're, you're awful. <laughs> Here it is again. Kyler Murray walking into State Farm Stadium. For Did the he have his car? Cars. Was he driving his car? Did he take his car from his house? Yeah, I don't know if he, uh, he had the car or not, but uh, there he was walking into the uh, – into the game yesterday, and he led Arizona to a – He a ran game. the ball, too, and he was running with it. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he looked good. He looked normal, didn't he? No, there was not much of a limp. I was thinking maybe he's going to have a little limp to him with a knee brace. That dude was scooting around there with his little legs. Not he so was fast, going. Midget. Not so fast. <laughs> he was moving. He was pretty fast yesterday. Wow. He was pretty fast yesterday. Yeah, Arizona gets the win against Atlanta. Arthur Smith feels like a dead man walking for the Falcons right he now. Did he did get Bijan the ball 22 times. Bijan yeah. had 95 yards in the touchdown. Maybe not a bad idea to give – that guy, the football, uh, a little bit more often there. Uh, and congrats to your Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, what about them? What about what they're doing right now? Come on. Now they tried to do their best Longhorn impersonation because they had a big lead against the Saints and let the Saints back in the game. But your guys, man, Josh Dobbs, 2-0 and as the Vikings starter. He, was, he looked like freaking Tom Brady in the first half yesterday. He was incredible. And then not so much in the second half. Well, the best thing is not to know the playbook, just to go out there and freelance and have some fun. Telling you, man. Yeah. What do you need a playbook for? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, Derek Carr got hurt in that game. Uh, Not great for the Saints, who are 5-5 and right now. But Saints are not a good team. And the Vikings, after an 0-3 start, and then they lost Kirk Cousins a couple of weeks ago, and everyone's thinking their season is done. 
Uh, here they are at six and four. If the season ended today, they would be in the playoffs in the Where NFC. Where are those Lions? When do we get to get the piece of that group again? I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure you're liking to see Green Bay lose, continue, continue on their ways, right? Oh, it's the best. I mean, look, I don't like seeing Pittsburgh win, so that was kind of a lose-lose situation for any Cowboys fan yesterday. But uh, now watching Green Bay struggle the way that they are is uh, is one of my favorite things in, in the world right now. Is, uh, let's is see. that team six and three? Seriously? Yeah. The Steelers, Steelers, they're horrible. How are they? How do they have six wins? Uh, Mike Tomlin, Mike to Tomlin, man. Do they just lull you to sleep? Yeah. I mean, they don't score any points. No, they've got a great defense, and Mike Tomlin's a great coach, and they're just always over five hundred. That's just what they do. It's what they do. Yeah, they don't have a quarterback. Their running game isn't great, and they still win games all the time. That so defense. Yep, 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 yep. Vikings, by the way. Uh, you guys play the Broncos and then the Bears in the next two weeks. You don't play the Lions until week 15. Oh. Or excuse me, week 16. Play the Lions twice in the last three games of the season. Oh, boy. Week 16 in Minnesota and then week 18. In- it won't matter by then because Dan Campbell will have, be recruiting for the Texas A&M Fighting Aggies by then. So oh, you think he's going to leave the Lions midseason to take the job Bye, in Aggieland? Yeah, because they're going to pay him, I don't know, $160 million for five years. Come on, man. 160 mil for five years? Bye. 32 mil. Okay, you know what? If they offer him 32 mil a year, you're right. He's leaving Detroit. You think he would leave Detroit for that? Yeah, they're not offering. I think Nick Saban's the highest paid coach, and he's at like 11 million a year. He will <laughs> not be. He won't not. be for long. Dan Campbell and the Aggies, they're, they're selling lots of farm, lots of farm equipment. Lots of oil wells. It's over. They're about to go after Dan Campbell. They want to bring him home. Mm. Got a couple of uh, YouTube comments and texts asking if the app is down. I keep testing it on my end, and it's working. So try to refresh it, um, see if that works. We are in the process of getting a new app. Very nice. Texas Sports Unfiltered. So, uh, yeah, there have been more technical difficulties than, than we would like. For the most part, the app has worked great, but, uh, hey, we want to give – our fans the best listening experience possible. So we're working on a new app to where hopefully there are less uh, problems like that. But uh, just try to close out the app and reopen it once again. It, it has been working for me this morning, but we've gotten a few messages saying that the app is down. So uh, I trust that something is, is going on out there, and apologies for that. All right, before we get back into Texas and, and some of the other college football stuff, but about a word for – who do we need to give a word for right uh, now? How about relax the back? My good friends over at relax the back. You know, my back has been screwed up for over 20 years, but now I've found relax the back and my back couldn't feel better. Their approach to a healthier lifestyle. And as I said, my back couldn't be, their motto is to live wellness. And right now they've got all kinds of great uh, opportunities for you to go over there and buy one of those nice recliners. Plus those are those human scale chairs. And, of course, they've got the Tempur-Pedic mattresses, Tempur-Pedic pillows that, you know, we gave away one of those bad boys, BK. We got to our 5,000 subscribers. So they'll continue to help me out, and I love it. I love this chair. I sat in this chair while I was watching football during the weekend. It's crazy that I'll move my desk chair over and make it my relaxing chair, and that's what you can do at Relax the Back. You'll love it. They've got two great stores, two locations in B-Caves at the Hill Country Galleria, right across from the Whole Foods and in Austin at the Gateway Shopping Center, across from the container store. Live pain-free like the buck with Relax the Back. Hey, man, shout-out to Relax the Back, and shout-out to our friends at 7-Eleven. Yeah, man. 
well. I went to 7-Eleven over the weekend. Of course you did. Got me a five-hour energy on my way to the bachelor party I was attending. Also got me a couple of rollers. The steak and cheese rollers. No. Buffalo chicken roller as well. Oh, yeah. Were they on the rotisserie? Were they on the rotisserie? They they were on the the rotisserie, yep. Did you go there and touch them with your hand? Nope. I'm a tongs guy. I'm glad you are. With your filthy hands, good job by you. But Mm. there are some of those still. And uh, she sent me a picture, and he showed me the tongs that were right there. I said, it's nice to have them, but people need to use them. They see them, but they'll go over and just kind of move it around, rotate their little wieners the way they want them to be done. They'll get done. Just wait a few minutes, will you? Yeah. You spinning the rotisserie is not going to help no. the food get cooked faster. God. No. Just let it cook. All and right. You, and you fingering all the wieners. That's not good either. Is that one good? Oh, it feels like it's warm enough. No, don't put your hands on there. No. My don't, goodness. Don't finger wieners, man. No, no don't, don't do don't that. Be, don't be touching wieners out in public like that. All right. I love 7 Eleven. Get my hard copy today. That's there right. You go. Monday morning paper. Absolutely. Yep. We love 7-Eleven. Our guy Ashish is uh, the man. He runs three different 7-Elevens in the Austin area. Uh, Go say what's up to him or just go to any 7-Eleven. There's 7-Eleven all over the state. If you're in the Metroplex, if you're in H-Town, obviously if you're in Austin, there's 7-Elevens all over the place with damn good reason. They've got everything you need to fuel up for work, to fuel up for game day, to just fuel up for life, man. Love our friends at 7-Eleven. Also love our friends at CentexTickets.com. Yes, indeed. Uh, I don't know if you're making the trip to Ames, Iowa this week. But, hey, if you are, you can get tickets to Texas, Iowa State. That's in TexasTickets.com. If you want to get your tickets for the Black Friday game against Texas Tech, you know, the uh, last home game the Longhorns will play this season, you can do that right now at CentexTickets.com. Texas basketball tickets as well. The Longhorns 2-0 and on the season. A nice win over Delaware State on Friday. They've got those tickets. Uh, any sport, any team, anywhere, plus concert tickets. Broadway show tickets. Absolutely. They've got it all right there on site. Sentextickets.com, Buck. And I had a couple of those nice Olipops this weekend. No, I was still stuck on grapes. Sorry. Mm. I haven't been able to get over my grape, but it was fantastic after out there sitting on the top of that big truck with all that dirt, shoveling that dirt out of that big truck bed. Had to have my Olipop. You know what? I could I could have gone to the soda, but I said, nah, let's do something that'll be healthier. I'm doing something that's healthy right now getting my body moving, getting my energy level. I needed Olipop, and I'm oh, glad yeah. I did because if I would have sugared up, dude, I would have stopped a quarter of the way to the truck and said, okay, that's it for the day. Leave the truck here. I'll get it tomorrow. But thanks to that Olipop and that energy that I had from the taste of soda, but not all the sugar, not all the jitters, got it done. Spoken like a true believer. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Olipop, it's a game changer, man. Great tasting soda that's actually good for you. As the buck said, only two to five grams of sugar in every can of Olipop. Look at the back of your Coke or your Dr. Pepper. Don't do that. Look at how much sugar and garbage is in there. Uh, then think about Olipop, man, because it tastes like that stuff, but it doesn't have the bad stuff in the name brand soda. So, Olipop, it's at H-E-B, Walmart, Target, Costco, Whole Foods, wherever you get your groceries. Shout out to our guy, Glenn. He tweeted at me this morning saying he had picked up some Olipop. Uh, this stuff is uh, the real deal, man. It is the real deal. Get you some if you haven't tried it yet. Buck, uh, other takeaways from the college football landscape this weekend. We touched on some of the Big 12 games earlier. Uh, Oklahoma found their way a little bit 
Yes, they did. Nice victory over West Virginia, 59 to 20. Uh, you know, West Virginia was a pretty decent team, and they were tied with Oklahoma for second place in the Big 12 going into the weekend. And if you think about the Houston game, right? Remember the Hail Mary game where West Virginia lost on the last second of the game when Houston had that miracle Hail Mary? If West Virginia didn't lose that game, they would have been tied for first place in the conference going into Saturday. And Oklahoma whooped them. Now, Oklahoma's better than West Virginia. I think yeah. West Virginia's probably not as good as the record indicates, but that's still hey, a 59-20 to 20 win. Dylan Gabriel, eight total touchdowns in that game. Oh, he broke the record, yeah. He was, he was on fire. I mean, he did anything that he wanted to to that West Virginia secondary. Yeah. I mean, that, I, I watched that game, and that was that thing started out fast, and it ended fast. They were looking – you're talking about looking for style points. They were looking to show everybody that they're just fine after that Oklahoma State debacle. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, Oklahoma had lost two games in a row, of course, and, well, they had really struggled in three games in a row right. because they needed that uh, two-point conversion hold against UCF to win their first game after the Red River shootout. Uh, but they bounced back in a big way, and they still have a shot to make it to the Big 12 title game. Now they need to win their last two. They're in Provo against a bad BYU team, and then they got TCU at home to close out the year. So OU's probably going to win those two games. They'll be big favorites in both. Uh, they're going to need some help, though, from around the conference to make it to Arlington. But there's still a chance we get the Texas OU Part 2 that I think a lot of Longhorn fans were hoping for after walking out of the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I still would love to see that happen. I, As much as I'd like to see the Oklahoma State team play Texas and have Gundy on the way out, I, I like it. But I, I want the I want for the conference the, the kiss-off to have both those two teams go before they go to the SEC. That would be fabulous, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that deal. And um, some other big – we talked about Oklahoma State earlier just getting absolutely destroyed. Destroyed. 45 to 3? 45 to 3, yeah. An Oklahoma State team that was playing really, really well uh, going into that game. That one was never close. K-State looks good. They got a win over Baylor 59 to 25 and Iowa State 45 to 13 over BYU. Of course, the Longhorns will see the Cyclones in Ames this weekend. Yeah, I I would think Baylor is going to be looking for a new head coach here shortly too at at Baylor High. That that thing has not gone well for Dave Aranda. I I don't know if they, they could take another year of this. Yeah, I I agree with you there. It's uh two years ago, man, Baylor they played in the Sugar Bowl just two years ago, but last yeah. year wasn't great, and this year has uh, not gone well for the Bears. They're just 3-7 and seven right now. Uh, what about around the country, Buck? Michigan well, beats Penn State, Georgia all over Ole Miss. It, it, we were hoping for some chaos, right, because Texas needs some teams ranked ahead of it to lose for the Longhorns to have a better chance to make it to the CFP. It just didn't really happen. Not a lot of chaos on Saturday. The favorites – Took care of their business. Really hard to beat Oregon right now. Yep. Well, it's it's hard for USC to do anything right, yeah, right now. For sure. They can't stop anybody. No, they did uh they did come back a little bit, made that game kind of interesting in the fourth quarter, but uh Oregon holds on to get the 36-27 win in that Pac-12 after dark game. Uh yeah, Oregon's playing pretty well. I assume they're gonna stay ranked ahead of Texas when the uh, the CFP rankings come out tomorrow. I don't even know what the um, final of the Ohio State game. What, what did they end up doing to – who is it that they played, Minnesota or somebody? Michigan State. Michigan State. Oh, the oh, the other team with some problems. Yeah, the Brenda Tracys. Yeah. 
Yeah, 38-3 was the final score in that one. No trouble for the Buckeyes there. Michigan State is horrible, horrible, horrible. Uh, Georgia 52, Ole Miss 17. You know, everybody bashes James Franklin for being awful in big games. Lane Kiffin's got a little bit of that too now. Yes. Now, look, going to beat Georgia in Athens is not easy. No one's beaten Georgia at all in the last three years. So I don't know how many people expected them to go win that game. But, uh, yeah, they they just got blown out early. Well, the, the team that's on a roll is roll tied right now. I wouldn't want to be anybody playing them. I definitely, I, I definitely don't want to rematch any way, shape, or form with that for a couple of years. No, I'd, well, I'd love yeah. to play them again this year because that means it will happen in the playoffs. So I'll, yeah. I'll take, I'll take a rematch because that means Texas is in the Final Four. Uh, yeah, all over Kentucky. Some people thought maybe that's an upset. No, you know, at Kentucky, 11 a.m. start. Uh, Bama jumped out to a 21 to nothing lead, and they just never. The thing back. was over, and they didn't look back. They just kept stretching it out in the fourth quarter. They kept their quarterback in to play some. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, that was kind of a theme for me this weekend. Is the teams that have experience in the playoff, right, took care of business. Now everybody won. Like Texas, obviously won. Washington won. Florida State won, which is all you really need to do to stay in the playoff race. But like those three teams, even Oregon, a little bit. Like the teams that haven't been in the playoff in recent years or at all, uh, they they struggled against teams that they maybe should have beaten pretty handily, mm-hmm. right? But you look at the teams who have been there, done that, Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama, the teams yeah. that are always in this conversation at this time of the year, That's right. they, they know what to do. Like, there, there's no pressure. There's no nerves for them. They, uh, they did what they were supposed to do, and they did a lot of eye test passing as well. That makes sense. Uh, experience matters at this time of the year. And I think you're seeing some of the, the newer teams to this discussion playing a little bit uptight and a little tense. Uh, the teams that are used to this stuff, they, they look like they are used to this stuff. Yeah, Clemson, Clemson's starting to play well again now. They're starting to do some things on defense. You know, they've got enough offense, but... You're, you're watching Clemson still? Still, yes. I'm still Thank watching you. Clemson. I don't even know who they played on Saturday. Um, was it Wake, maybe? Oh, God, you were watching that? Yeah, I don't watch ACC football. You know, I'm trying to find out what Mac Brown's guys are doing. They, they, they had a double overtime win against Duke. Yeah, they are. They're having their struggles right now. The Duke, the Dukies are playing, still playing pretty good football. Yep. And good call on uh, betting against Syracuse this weekend. Oh, not, not they, they beat Pitt 28 to 13. Clemson beat Georgia Tech for the five of you who care besides the Buck. Yes. Out there, just like that, just like that. So those are some of the big games uh, in the college football world. I, I assume we're going to have no change in the CFP standings tomorrow night, the top seven. Washington's still going to remain the same, of course. The, the exact same. Yep, Washington won. Um, we've got uh, Oregon State can really help out the Longhorns over these next two weeks because yes. Oregon State, they host Washington this weekend, and then they play at Oregon on either Thanksgiving or the day after Thanksgiving. So it has to be all, this week because they won't beat Oregon. I know you're a big Beaver guy, Buck. I I love the Beaver. Yeah, heard that about you for years now. Yes, first thing I ever heard about you actually was that yes. you're a big Beaver guy. Yeah, uh, we're all Beaver fans over these next two weeks because yeah, you need uh, you need these Pac-12 teams to start losing 
a little bit. And yeah, if Washington and Oregon can both go down over these next couple of weeks, no pun intended, no innuendos intended there, um, then that's good news for Texas. So we are all beefs over these next two games, Buck. Yeah, USC's not going to help me. How bad is I mean, I feel so bad for that group uh, defensively. They're just horrifying. Yeah. I don't I don't feel too bad for him. I mean, it's Lincoln Riley's fault for keeping Alex Grinch around as long as he did. Maybe Lincoln Riley to Texas A&M. I don't know. Maybe Lincoln Riley to the NFL, right? Those those rumors are coming up again. Now, with the way USC's played this year, I don't know how many teams in college or pro are chomping at the bit to hire that guy, but uh, I don't think Lincoln Riley – like he didn't want to coach in the SEC. That's a big part of why he left Oklahoma. So he's not going to go to – yeah, the, the Chargers will be looking for a new coach. Yeah, maybe the Chargers will be looking for a new coach with Brandon Staley. They played well yesterday, but uh, came up short against the Detroit Lions. Um, back to this Texas game. Before we do so, a couple of reminders. We'll be giving away $150 Cabo Bob's catering gift certificate. Later. Yeah, again. Yep, the Longhorns keep winning, which means we're giving more stuff away to you people. So be ready. Either tomorrow or Wednesday, we'll be giving one of you a $150 catering gift card from our great friends over at Cabo Bob's. Want Warm to thank up the randomizer, baby. Absolutely. This Thursday, uh, we'll be at Academy Sports and Outdoors in Hutto. We would love to see all of you out there as well. And, uh, yeah, we've got uh, some big announcements coming up later this week here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. So a lot going on right Absolutely, now we have, we're over six thousand subscribers as well so appreciate awesome. all of you guys for for being a part of this thing and we're excited for the future of this thing too uh some love to some sponsors how about altstat beer yeah those brought some of that to the bachelor party this weekend hopefully whatever you were doing this weekend you accompanied your good times with the greatness of altstat beer easy to find heb total wine specs twin liquors wherever you get your beer you can find altstat they've got a number of different brews something for every beer drinker out there the Lager, the Kolsch, those are the two flagship beers for Altstadt. They are award winners. Fantastic stuff. The Altstadt Light is out as well. The Oktoberfest seasonal beer is still available. They've got a great Hefeweizen, I'm telling you. And every Altstadt beer is brewed in Fredericksburg, so you're supporting local. And every Altstadt beer is brewed with just four simple ingredients. No additives, no preservatives. In any of the Altstadt family of beers, so you can feel good about what you're putting into your system but most importantly, the taste is there, guys. One sip, and you won't go back to the other beers that you have been drinking in the past. It's Altstadt beer. No impurities, no regrets. And Top Gun. How about Top Gun? How about Brandon Mars and Top Gun? You know, I'm out there getting that dirt off the off the truck and into my garden to be. So getting closer and closer to need, needing that tiller from them because I'm not using the mule this year. I'm not putting that harness around my neck and having that mule. I'm, I'm getting myself a tiller from uh, Top Gun. Cause they've got it all. They've got chainsaws, pole saws. They've got bobcats to rent. You know, they've got chainsaws, pole saws to buy also at Top mm-hmm. Gun. And you're going to love the folks there. You're going to love Brandon Mars and what they do for you. Yeah. Uh, how about a spreader? If you're thinking about putting that ryegrass in after the range. Yeah. The spreader. Spreader? Hardly yeah. know her. <laughs> yes. If you're thinking of putting that ryegrass in, now's the time to do some, some, some ryegrass planting. Now people will tell you that, Oh, you should have done that weeks ago. No, the cold weather hasn't set in yet. It's been too rainy. You don't want to put the ryegrass in when it rains because it, it moves the grass seed. Okay, BK, you know what I'm saying? No. Okay. Well, I know you don't do it at the apartment. You got somebody else playing the grass out there for it or different types of grass. But you put that ryegrass in 
after we've had some rain like this, where it's maybe not going to rain for the next couple of days, and you've got these cool mornings, get that ryegrass on. You'll have that beautiful green grass through the winter. That means you have to cut, cut it twice a week. But I do like to have – this is the year. I didn't do ryegrass last year because I knew that the heat was a coming, and then my grass would have to battle for nutrients. So now I'm doing it this year. I want that lawn to look good because somebody else is going to be cutting it. The buck is not getting out there cutting <laughs> that grass, but somebody else will have to do it maybe twice a week, but that's okay. I love green, lush grass. So, hmm. you know what Again, I mean? Javier, that, we're calling Javier back out of the bullpen. No, 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 no. Come on across the border, Javier. SLP, My grass needs SLP, cut. Jake and SLP lawn care. The boys uh, there, SLP there can come and cut that bad boy. But yeah. I'm going out there, so I'm going to need a spreader. So I'll be calling up uh, Brandon Mars to get one to rent one. I don't even know what a spreader is. That, that was spread seed. It spreads fertilizer. Yes, yeah, it spreads seed fertilizer. You just oh, like a wheelbarrow. The thing that looks like a wheelbarrow. Yes, but it has holes in the bottom. You just cut holes. Uh, cut no, holes. you don't cut holes in the wheelbarrow. <laughs> Why no. not, man? No, no, it's not. You walk around that big ass wheelbarrow. This is like a little lawnmower, a little mini lawnmower. Come on, man. Uh. Yeah, you not are much. not a farmer like the buck. No, I don't claim to be one either. I don't, there I don't, you go. I don't plan on ever farming. Uh, <laughs> I got a couple of sisters who are in on the, the farming deal, too. They do. You have a sister that's a gardener, right? I got, I think a couple of them. Now, they, they do wear clothes when they're gardening, unlike well, you. I don't. Thankfully. I don't. I do not do that. Jock strap every once in a while just to protect the neighbors. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah you just jock strap only. I still have my jock. I still have my high school jock. If you're bending over, man, that's a, that's a tough scene for. Why would a grown man still have his jock from college? I I don't know. <laughs> you you got to answer that. I don't. I because it holds my stuff. That's that's what you wear, are you wearing it right now? What do you no? What do you use it. If I go work out and stuff, I'll put a jock on. I don't have those. You know, like the the guys now wear those tight. Long kind of lump stuff that goes to their knee. What are those things called? Yeah, the leggings, the like yeah, compression no, leggings. The compression. No, I just put me old, put me old jock on and go. Put me old jock on and go. Put see nuts in the jock and let's go. Put the gym shorts <laughs> on, let's go. So you're just on the treadmill wearing nothing but a jock strap, huh? <laughs> Gross. Uh, sorry uh, about that, Joyce. That's you gotta tough. watch where you sit when you're wearing the jock. That's all. Oh my God. Our guy Cody says, upgrade that thing. You won't believe the technology. Yeah. It's been what, like 50 years since you've been in college? Get you a new jock. You're telling me you're using the same one that you wore at BC? I didn't put much damage on it. You don't put much damage on the jock. You don't run around and slide just with your jock on. Hey, look, no, look. I've still got my jock strap. Uh, that makes me feel like an athlete. You know what I mean? Yeah, that thing, I'm surprised it hasn't withered away yet. Nope. No. Nope. Okay, I haven't asked you this before. Um, how were you able to evade the draft when you were playing college football? What draft? I wasn't the, around the for military any draft. I wasn't around for any wars. Plus, I was the oldest son. Oh, oh you weren't there for World War II? I thought that was no. when you were playing at BC. No, 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 no. Oh. Remember, I was the, I'm the oldest son too. That was one of those deals in the draft. God. That's gross. Wearing the jock on the treadmill, man. A 50-year-old jock strap. Boy, that's, I'm surprised your neighbors you have to use it. Because I hand wash it just to keep the texture. If you ever I'm, want to use it, let me know. I'm good on that deal. Yeah, should we give that away as part of our 10,000 subscriber giveaway? <laughs> no, not giving away my jock. Are you kidding me? 
Game-worn jockstrap. Oh, my goodness. He wore it when he was a lead blocker at 165 pounds at oh, Boston College back in the 19 or 1840s, whenever he was there. Yeah, I would have been, I would have been the wildcat guy for oh. a first down, yes. My God. As our guy Cody says, smash the like button. By the way, Cody's uh, one of my best friends, my old co-host in Houston. He's got a Texans YouTube channel. So if you're a big Texans fan or you're just curious about what the Texans are doing with C.J. Stroud, make sure you uh, go subscribe over to Cody. Or even if you don't like the Texans, just go support him. He's a good dude. He's trying to grow his brand on YouTube as well. So I'm loving, I'm loving the Texans wide receivers making those plays. And yeah, little man. Guy, man. Wow. Well, how about like it, – it's kind of funny. Like I, the, the Texans – Two of their three best pass catchers, because Tank Dell's obviously in that mix too. He did have a bad drop yesterday, but still played. Did a really he get hurt game. yesterday? I don't. I don't think so. Well, he took a shot on the sideline. Yeah, I think he. I think he came back in the game. Okay. Uh, but man, Dalton Schultz and Noah Brown. You're like Noah kinda... Brown. I'm thinking Noah Brown. Is that the Dallas Cowboys? Noah Brown. Yeah, former seventh round pick who like could barely get on the field. How's that but... dude getting so wide open? He had a great day yesterday, had the big catch where he broke a couple of tackles to get the Texans in oh, the yeah. field goal range on that last drive of the game. Uh, yeah, and Dalton Schultz, like the, the Cowboys offered Dalton Schultz a four-year contract in the middle of last season, and Schultz was kind of an idiot, or his agent was an idiot. They turned it down, and they're like, "Now nah, we're going to get a better deal in the offseason. Well, they didn't, and he had to sign a one-year deal, but the Texans, they, they got him on the cheap, and he's been great this for them. So, yeah, a couple of – a couple of guys who, you know, are just eh, on the Cowboys are really, really good. C.J. Stroud has built a, a tremendous chemistry with them, and that's a big part of why the Texans are 5-4 and four right now. And they're still running the ball just kind of average, aren't they? Yeah, Devin Singletary had a great day yesterday. Yeah, he though. did. Yes, he did. They did have a lot of success running against Cincinnati and uh, in that win in the jungle. But, uh, yeah, Damian Pierce still, you know, he was in the Rookie of the Year conversation before he got hurt going into the last month of last season. Everyone had high hopes for that dude in year two. Hasn't really clicked for him yet. So, uh, but no, the Texans were able to run the ball really, really effectively well, and that's that's such a huge freaking win for them as they've showed the world that uh, it's not next year where they're going to be relevant. It's, it's oh no, it's this year. It's right here and right now. Uh, God, the jockstrap dude, that is the nastiest thing I've ever heard. Go buy one at Academy this week. Or you can get, get one. They still have them. Yeah, uh, you know, I've, you know, I've never worn before is a cup. You know, I played I played some baseball. We didn't have a I, – I played a little Pony League baseball, you know, as a – I never wore a cup before. I wore a jock. I never got hit in the bag with, a, like, a baseball. I knew I, I don't know. When did the kids start wearing cups, like, right away as little leaguers? But I think after Little League, you start wearing a cup, don't you? Uh, no, I think Little League you wear a cup. Like No, Little Leaguers wear cups to protect these nuts. Yeah. I didn't realize that. No, I, I used to wear a jock. Uh, I, that was it. I never got uh, hit in that undercarriage before like that. I'm pretty sure I'd have cup. I would have started going to cup if I'd have got one of those bad brown balls in there. You, me, you, uh, you know uh, who never wore a cup and still was a great one? This guy right here. You think he ever put a cup on these nuts? Probably. Yeah, not. I, I bet he did. I probably he probably did wear a cup a lot during his career. This guy has nuts of steel. Are you kidding me? <laughs> the captain? No way. He's got three kids, man. I think he was wearing a cup when he was playing to protect oh these nuts. Yeah, no. Hey, disclaimer. I feel like I have to with the mustache. I'm only talking from my personal experience. I don't know if the kids are wearing cups now. But me as a little leaguer, yeah. I don't think like T-ball I was, but, you know. Once like, you got to little league? Yeah, I, th I don't know. Once I hit like 10, 
No, they weren't. No, they and, until you're about 12 or 13, those family jewels aren't that important. Mm. They're not important for your future family. I know you don't want to take one there, but come on. They don't yeah, hit they, the ball hard enough. My parents, uh, I guess, made me wear one in hopes that I would have a couple of kids by now. And here <laughs> I go, letting them down again. That's what oh. I do best. Oh, man. All right, it's 10 o'clock, which means uh, we are out of time. But, hey, Texas Sports Unfiltered is nowhere near out of time. We are live until 5 o'clock this afternoon. So keep us up on the YouTube and keep us up on the Texas Sports Unfiltered app. Make sure you like this video if you haven't yet. Let's bring on the uh, fellas from Chaos Theory. It is Wags and it is Rodney. Gentlemen, how we doing? I, I was a catcher, so I wore a cup. And when I was 10 years old, as soon as I turned to matter of fact, I, I made little league. I made the higher tier little league team when I was nine. So that's when I wore a cup because I actually had to catch. It wasn't, so you play it, for it, the it wasn't off the tee anymore, Buck. For the mini or- Orioles? Is that who you play for? A, no, my mini or- Orioles. I had to wear a cup for my mini Orioles back <laughs> in the day. <laughs> Rodney, did you just ever, did you play little league with just back in the day with just jock? You didn't, you didn't go cup, did you? Oh, uh, you're muted, Rodney. No, hey, I wore it. I only wore a jock in football. Though. I didn't wear a cup in in football. I wore a ch- oh, no. just the jock to, to keep everything together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I know you don't want stuff flinging all over the place right. when you ran. Yeah. I mean, I, I would think what like when no. I, I mean, when I was t-ball, minor league, whatever you want to call it, I never wore a cup. I mean, because those little pebbles are still up. You know, they haven't like dropped yet. They haven't know? dropped so, like mine. I had, what are you talking about? I you guys low, did not I wear cups in little league. I was you guys nine. Were full of shit. I know you wore a cup in little league. I know you did. You had no. You God, like you didn't wear a cup in little league. No, no. If no, you were a catcher, no. you had to wear a cup. Well, I wasn't yeah. a catcher. I wasn't a catcher. I mean, not even in Pop Warner. Not even in Pop Warner would I wear that. I mean, and I played offensive line in Pop Warner, Ooh. and it was, you know, I, no, I never. But I, I don't. I don't think that they had uh, established themselves yet. To, yeah, to yeah, they, yeah, that's right. But see, I've had low T since I was nine. But those low babies, <laughs> I've had low T. You know, and everybody hey. tucked it in their socks. So like the thing is, I still have my jock strap. I have my high school jock strap, and BK's making fun of me. Certain things you keep forever. You don't just let it go. You don't throw that away. And my wife looks at it and goes, what is this, a face mask? I'm like, no, you don't put it over your face. Although, <laughs> although before I got before I got my mask for COVID, I did use that once hey, and walked but, around town. Have, have, you guys, have you guys seen the episode of the Jeffersons where George Jefferson goes in the closet and he pulls out his boxing shorts and his cup is like right next to the whatever. And, and Florence, Florence, the maid, she's like, What's that? <laughs> and George said, "Oh, that's my cup." And Florence said, Fl- "Florence said, I ain't drinking out of that." <laughs> God. Let me ask you. I, I got to ask the question: Is there a reason why you held on to your jockstrap? Because I'm a physical guy, and if I get on the treadmill and stuff, I don't want the I don't want those things bouncing yeah. along the way. I want well, you can you can get another jockstrap. Is there a reason why you held on to the same one from high school? It's very, it's good luck. It's good luck. Got a good history. I've been very successful history, with that right? jock on. Oh why would you God. throw? Why would you, and why would you waste? My, why would you throw your jock away? It, Two I'm saying with with someone that's as rigorous as you, somebody that has to tuck it into their socks and sleeps in the flowers. <laughs> Are you? Am I worried about nut cheese? I hand wash it. How, I hand wash my jock. Don't you go? Don't you put that damn thing through the ringer enough as it is? <laughs> I hand wash it. It's very important to me. You wore Delicate. that. You, you wore that as a COVID mask. I did. I did. Oh, oh my god. god. Also, so you, you guys. Wear, 
you guys' balls have dropped? What's that like? <laughs> so, so do you wear that when you're out there checking your rye and all that? I was listening a while ago, and hell, I thought I was listening to Texas Country Reporter. I'm like, wait a minute here. We've got the farm report. No, I'm, I got my jeans on. I don't. I only wear that for treadmill work or when I'm out there working out or sometimes gardening because, you know, in my neighborhood, you just can't let that hang like that. Just You can go cheek to cheek, but you can't let that other stuff. can't let that loose. Well, can't, can't drag you can't uh, drag him in the dirt. No, no. <laughs> oh, look, there's there's Bucky's trail. No, boy, you guys still had stuff. I'm slamming. 